Today's show was recorded on July the 10th, 2018. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, a man who's trying to kill me with food. <laughs> Caffeine rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we've played, Valve Leaks Steam Game Player Counts, Pokemon Go has brought in $1.8 billion since its launch, Doki Doki Literature Club is blamed for a UK teen's suicide, Psychologists and scholars condemn the WHO classifying gaming disorder as an addiction. We will have a Steam Weekly Discovery queue this week. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. I say as if we haven't been talking for <laughs> over an hour. We've got we've definitely got a, a full, fully bankable episode off of the pre pre roll for this this episode. Wait, is that a bad thing? No, that's a good thing. I haven't... We, I pull snippets of things, but I haven't actually put together a Franken episode in a little bit. But this one, I'll just go and p- peel off the first hour of the Skype call recording, and boom, there's an episode. Clear out uh, some of the uh, uh, dead air, and... Yeah. And there you go. And it's completely themed, too. We spent the entire time... <laughs> well, most of the entire time talking about food and... Or cookware cookware because that's what i was uh killing a bit of time i wrapped up every, uh, all my uh pre-recording uh stuff and it's like you know let's uh go on amazon uh wishlist a couple of things to pick up uh, uh next time around um uh picking up uh things from amazon yeah and that's what got uh, guys started and for that i do not apologize <laughs> i don't apologize either i got a snack in the middle of it which sent us on another food-related tangent about breakfast food. Yeah, which uh, successfully made myself hungry. <laughs> yeah, you made me hungry, too, and I just had a, a snack. Uh, well, last thing I had was I had some of my leftovers, uh, leftover manwich. Which, uh, the new flavor I got uh, just on a lark because it was I uh, had a fairly decent uh, coupon on it. It was actually fairly decent. Uh, it's the bourbon uh, barbecue uh, manwich. It's a lot sweeter and smokier than a regular manwich. Nice. I usually I usually add a little bit of barbecue sauce to manwich, anyways. Like I'm not the biggest fan of sloppy joes. Like they're okay, you know. I'll eat them, mm-hmm. but they're not my favorite. So I usually add a little something to it to make it a little something more something appetizing. A little, little something something. Well, this uh, yeah, I, I saw it on uh sale through the coupon and thought. You know, why not? It was uh, particularly this flavor. It's not, you know, just, you know, any of the fl- uh, flavors. Mm-hmm. It was uh, advertising the new one, and I thought, yeah, why not? My store actually carried it, <laughs> which is kind of uh, a theme for me. You know, uh, uh, does my local grocery store have this? You know, the poor dairy guy was so pissed uh, last time I was there because uh, I went... Um, Monday? Uh, no, I, I think. No, I did go yesterday. Uh, my days are a little mixed up right now. Yeah, you went yesterday morning because we yeah. were. Yeah, I went yesterday morning, uh, 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 fairly early in the morning, uh, just after you know the, all the supply trucks run and they're moving everything out. Uh, and they had a 
big discount on coffee creamer and they were wiped out. And he was trying to put it all back on the shelf in Egypt. And he was upset that they don't give him enough room to really be able to get a good supply. <laughs> and everybody's bugging him. <laughs> yeah. Coming up and taking it. It's like, I'll just take some of this. Yeah, but uh, uh, Doug is a nice guy. Grumpy at times, but nice. So kind of like you. <laughs> yeah, o- o- only he's a lot blacker. Okay. And he constantly wears a coat because he's in the dairy section. <laughs> yeah, did I ever tell you that at one point I thought you might be black? Just because of how deep your voice was? No, you didn't. Is that, is that, oh. I initially, I, I've told you that I've pictured you like looking like my uncle before. Like this really tall, burly man. Because you have a, a voice like his too. But also at one point, like before I got to know you, I thought, like one of the thoughts was maybe he's black. Just because of how, how deep and baritone your voice can be at times. Hmm, not sure how I want to take this. I know it. It sounds like it could definitely be racist, and uh, I recognize that <laughs> the moment I open my mouth. But fuck it, I already started, so I'm just gonna go with it. Well, but... to be fair, I do like my watermelon. <laughs> oh, oh, you took it. Okay, thanks. You took the pressure off of me <laughs> on the the racist angle. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Take uh, one for the team. And I was trying to decide uh, how I want to make my chicken. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm just going <laughs> to leave that one hanging up there for you. Not going to pursue it any farther. But yeah. At, at one point, I thought that might be the case. No, I'm far too pale to be black. <laughs> That's fair. Unless I'm Michael Jackson. That you don't sound like him at all, so. As far as you know. This could be your voice modulation and your entire life could have been a lie. That is very true. My entire life could be a lie. I hope not. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to transition or something <laughs> out of this. But I don't really have one. So, hey, Rage, what games did you play this week? Uh, Well, it could have required a little bit of detective work. Oh, Nice. Uh, I played a little bit of the Tesla Effect, a Tex Murphy adventure. This is a throwback to the old, uh, well, it's not really a throwback because it's more of a continuation of the old Tex Murphy uh, uh, full motion video uh, games from uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. I'm actually not sure when they came out, to be perfectly honest. I picked this up on deep discount at one point and I've kept meaning to play it. And I finally, yeah, after not really ha- realizing I not re- didn't really have anything to talk about this week because I was originally wanting to talk about you know, City Skylines, but turns out my mods are something broken somewhere and it's completely fucked my save file. So I'm going to yeah. have to do a complete rebuild, which is going to take me a good week. And that's not even counting having to spend time with New Vegas. So yeah, uh, pull something that I've been meaning to play. This is a game that really feels of two parts. It uh, has its full motion video uh, segments, which are done fairly well. I have noticed that the bitrate is a little low on these games. There's a lot of blockiness, particularly in the reds, which is a, a sign that you know, they turn, uh, turn down the bitrate a bit much. But to be fair, this game is fucking huge for what it is because it has so much uh, video in it. You have 1080p video. But it's very noticeable, particularly in the intro. It, 
it, this is set in, oh, I'm blanking on the actual year, but it's like 100, 200 years from now. There's flying cars. It's a sci-fi uh, detectives uh, uh, show. And you play as Tex Murphy, a freelance investigator and part-time dance instructor. No, I'm not joking. <laughs> part-time dance instructor? Yes, he's actually also a dance instructor in between investigations. And that's one of the first things that you see on his door. <laughs> that's that, that They lovely. do the, you know, the traditional, you know, uh, uh, you know, go up to the private eye's door and it opens up. Uh, and I saw that, I thought. Dance instructor? <laughs> and whenever you're uh, uh, eventually get control, you're able to look around and you see, uh, you know, like <laughs> tango charts on the wall. Uh, but uh, it's very, very, very cheesy, which makes me think that you would absolutely love this game. Yeah, I've seen it. I thought I would like it, but I've never... I, I think you would. It's just... It, it's... Very old school in its game design, uh, on both a good and bad, uh, uh, side of things, because it's a lot, it's very obtuse, but it also has a fully built in walkthrough if you just want to essentially just enjoy the ride. And it has two game modes, a more casual mode, where as you uh, look around, it'll highlight what you can actually pick up. Uh, but then the hardcore mode, which is essentially the same game, only, uh, it disables the walkthrough. It makes it so that the hint system is a lot more toned down, uh, and it doesn't sparkle uh, the pickup uh, things. Uh, but yeah, it's a very very interesting game. I really like the full motion video uh, segments of it, but the in betweens where uh, you're in first person walking around, uh, because there's no map and you have to, and you're kind of just feeling yourself, uh, feeling feeling yourself. <laughs> Uh, you're feeling like, over, you're feeling around. It feels a bit more obtuse. It feels like it's lacking direction because it's more of a like an almost pseudo. Uh, I don't want to call it open world because it's not. It, it's uh, uh, in segments, but you're able to pretty much freely roam around a fairly large area with uh, some travel options as well. And it. Uh, feels like I was a little bit lost, but it may just been, you know, I wasn't quite in the mood for it. Uh, and yeah. I just wanted to have something to play. Uh, and, but I do really enjoy the, uh, sense of humor of the game. Well, let's put it this way. Your hint system is your, uh, essentially your AI personal assistant. All right. And the, uh, item is called a smart Alex. Okay. Smart Alex. I like that. Smart. Yep. I get it. <laughs> and the voice is Kevin Murphy from Mystery Science Theater. And there's two or three very rapid fire Mystery Science Theater references. Like in his office, there's a gumball machine and Tex says, oh, I wish I could have a talking gumball machine as a companion. <laughs> And there's at least two quotes uh, from Mystery Science Theater that uh, Kevin Murphy says. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, nail the humor right off. But, yeah, Kevin Murphy is a pretty good uh, comedic uh, uh, voice artist. So, yeah, it's kind of a, a given that they'll hit that with him. Uh, but, like I said, it's just, you know, a lot of wandering around. And even looking at the walkthrough, there's a lot of, you know, 
very, very almost obtuse stuff if you aren't quite in the mindset of uh, the game developers. Granted, I didn't read too much into just the you know, the step-by-step to try to avoid spoiling myself. But the storyline, uh, it does the uh, amnesia intro where, you know, you get bonked on the noggin and, you know, you don't really, you're essentially thinking at seven years ago, uh, pretty much the beginning of Tex Murphy's adventures. And you're able to get bits and pieces and flashbacks. Uh, and that's how they kind of resolve uh, bringing in new people while still having the uh, older you know, players uh, be able to have, you know, callbacks, that sort of thing. Uh, but they do some uh, really interesting things with the uh, flashbacks as well. For example, he talks about, uh, oh, yeah, I remember uh, I got that during this big gunfight. And then they do the flashback. And you expect you a full motion video. No, it's the old gameplay 2D scroller <laughs> trying to uh, fight your way through this boss battle. <laughs> uh, and they also are able to resolve the lower resolution a lot, uh, you know, fairly well on some of the old full motion video where they do flashbacks as well, where they have a, uh, you know, a, a full screen effect and a frame to make up for the fact that it was. Uh, 640 by 480, I want to say. Uh, so, okay. yeah, it looks absolutely, yeah, it looks like a postage stamp uh, on modern resolutions. So they are able to resolve that fairly well as uh, well to in uh, callbacks and flashbacks to, uh, you know, bring people like me who are familiar with full motion video games, but never played this particular series, be able to bring them up to speed a bit. Yeah, I've never played any of the previous Tex, Mur- Tex Murphy games, but I have played quite a few FMV games. I, I played a, I didn't play quite a few. I played a couple, but it's one of those things that I remember I played them, but I don't really remember much about them. Uh, the full motion video uh, uh, era fad, uh, I'm not really sure what I want to call it. It is a very interesting time in uh, PC gaming. Well, Particularly PC gaming. There was a bit on the Sega CD, but it really fell off by the time it went to the Dreamcast. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but it was one of those times that uh, storage uh, really outstripped the ability to fill it. So once CDs came into play, the developers really didn't know what to do with all that room. <laughs> Unless you're on a uh, Nintendo uh, system, then you're really confined still. <laughs> yeah, on the on the the cartridges. Well, even when they finally went to disc, they still had the little mini. Yeah, because they used the the mini discs. Yeah, but yeah, it's a very interesting uh, era. Maybe we should uh, talk about doing that at some point. But resolution is going to be a bitch. Uh, but yeah, it's a very interesting throwback to a, a long gone era. And I'm. I would like to see more games like this, but you know the downside is that these games are absolutely massive because they have to do full uh, 1080p video. There's a reason why you know you don't see many of these anymore because, on top of that, you know it's unless you're going for the cheese ball factor, which it does nail. Like you, uh, one of the first guys you run into, you know, uh, is a mutant uh, a bar owner that lives near Tex. 
Uh, and you know, uh, the makeup is purposely bad. You know, he has obviously rubber teeth, <laughs> which may have looked a lot better in the older uh, video, but you know, these days it, you know, because they're going for the cheese ball factor, it works. Yeah. I can't, I know I haven't bought this. I wonder if I've gotten it in like a bundle or something. No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, you're you're uh, kind of talking me into wanting to buy it. <laughs> I, the stock sale just ended. Yeah, I think you would really enjoy this. this. I think this would make an interesting game club game. Oh, wait. It says I have it in my library. Tesla did, effect. Did you, I tried searching for just text Murphy. Yeah, it's uh, listed as Tesla effect, not text Murphy. I gave the full name, though. Yeah, Tesla effect. Oh, that's the original? Uh, It does show that you own this. So, Game Club list. <laughs> Tesla Effect, a Tex Murphy adventure. Yeah, you have this. I search for Tesla, it doesn't... It just says Tesla Effect. It says that you haven't played it, but you own it. Yeah, it's uh, listed as Tesla Effect on the Steam library. It's not listed as Tex Murphy. Oh, so it's not... Te- okay. All right. Why? System <laughs> 2. Okay. Then, yeah, I've got it. Sure. Why not? Oh, so are you going to buy it again now? <laughs> no, I'm good. I don't think I need to buy it again. So Steam, uh, so Game Club list now? <laughs> sure. Uh, that, I, I didn't realize that you had it. I didn't really look. It's just, I, you know, I'm wanting something to play. Yeah, I'm going to mark it to install. Well, this ought to give you an idea of the, uh, uh, of the, uh, uh, the uh, sort of the uh, humor of the game, just the trailer itself. But even whenever you go into the uh, the cast list on the Steam Store page, uh, Larry uh, Soup Nazi Thomas, you've all seen Seinfeld, right? <laughs> <laughs> June, uh, greatest TV's uh, TV's greatest mom, Lockhart. As someone even older, if you don't know who that is. <laughs> Uh, Todd nice. Bridges, Willis from Different Strokes. Uh, ask someone older if you don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they, that'll give you an idea. It, it is a fucking big game. It, uh, according to the trailer, it's uh, it has the quote from <laughs> Yahtzee. 16 uh, freaking gigabytes. Which for the uh, how the game looks when it's not full motion video. It's absolutely massive. It looks like it's from you know, about 2010-ish. Right. But like you said, it would be all of the, the 1080p video yeah. files. Yeah. I kind of want to go back and play some of the older uh, games now. But it's more of a... Uh, I- I'm not even sure if they would run right these days. But it's the same uh, actor. They're completely overacting, you know? <laughs> as As it should be. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind for, of the charm of game. Yeah, yeah. If, I mean, that's what the old uh, Command and Conquer was, wasn't it? You know, all overacting, oh, yeah. all and, overacting. Uh, Need for Speed, same way. Yep. I mean, even Need for Speed has gotten rid of their full motion video, which is sad. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, this is going to be a good game club for like late in the year <laughs> or next year, because we were actually talking about game club earlier. Indeed. Indeed. 
So what else have you been playing? Oh, uh, well, the other one uh, really ties into our food theme for our pre-show. Battleship Brigade. I have the Steam Link, even though this was in the Twitch Prom uh, crazy bundle. This is such a weird, wonderful game. All right. This is essentially a set in the world uh, like Monster Hunter, where, you know, giant monsters have pretty much devastated the land. But instead of, you know, a fighter's guild, you know, taking over everything, it's essentially Iron Chef gone mad. As in the TV show. You play as a girl who is trying to get into the Battle Chef Brigade by going through this massive tournament, which is essentially Iron Chef. And it's a combination of Match 3 Puzzler, 2D Brawler, <laughs> a little bit of pseudo-visual novel, <laughs> and a puzzle game, because you have to also try to figure out how to work with the judges, because uh, in the game, you have a few different game modes throughout the main campaign. You have a puzzle mode where you have to figure out the board, which is a little bit different from your typical match three puzzler. Instead of moving individual gems and swapping places with them, you're stirring. So you have a set of four gems that you turn either clockwise or counterclockwise uh, to have your match three. And you're able to do that fairly freely on the board. But uh, you fill up your board by adding ingredients in the main mode. In the puzzle mode, you're just trying to uh, get a certain score by building up your uh, match threes. But in order to get the ingredients, you go on a 2D brawler area and fight things, pick up the ingredients, and run back to the kitchen. Very Iron Chef style, if you're Iron Chef involved, you have murder. It's just such a weird... But fun combination of things. Uh, there's not a lot to talk about here because it is, you know, pretty much a, essentially a match three puzzler. But with a RPG mechanic, a battle mechanic, more of an overall puzzle uh, theme because it's not just, you know, building up your score, but individual judges may want a particular taste. There's the, uh, well, so far, uh, in my game, three elements, uh, the red, the yellow, and the blue. And different judges may prefer, like, the taste of uh, a more earthy taste, which is green. So you want a predominantly green dish. They enjoy the taste of green. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. that money. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like the Futurama take on the <laughs> Iron Chef where they uh, garnish with money. Uh, yeah. Uh while another uh, judge may enjoy a more fiery, spicy taste, which is red. So you have to try to balance things out uh, with your ingredients and also level up the individual uh, components by you know stirring uh, the different ingredients together to make your dish. It's such an interesting concept. Adult Swim Games, the publisher of this, always has some weird yet wonderful games, and this is right up uh, right there with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I uh, I was wanting to pick this up uh, on the Steam sale, and when I saw the Twitch Prime had this, yo, I pretty much dropped it from my wish list to get it there. 
and yeah, I'm glad I was able to play it because it is a lot of fun. It's going to be probably a game I go back to every so often to play. Uh, it's just such a weird, weird uh, combination of parts, you know? Yeah. Uh, I've seen stuff about this game on lots of places in the last few months, and it's been a really interesting, intriguing-looking game that I've said that I'll get and play with, and I just haven't gotten to it yet. Well, you have it now. Yeah, from the Twitch Prime stuff. But, uh, so, that will speed up the I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. At least I don't have to buy it anymore. Yeah, it is a lot more story-focused than I was expecting it to be, because there's a large uh, segment uh, in between the individual uh, kitchen battles, at least at the start. I'm only in, like, the second chapter. Uh... And uh, there's uh, the hunting, which uh, in between the battles, yeah, you're able to build up money by doing various jobs around town, which factors into the RPG element because you're able to uh, buy stuff from the shop to help your your chef during the battle. So, for example, you could uh, get ingredients to have already on stock. For example, you could have a jerky that you could throw into the thing that has a very spicy flavor. You can have individual pots that uh, enhance the uh, various uh, elements. So, like, you could have a uh, pot that uh, gives twice the power to blue elements, but you're unable to match any other colors with it. So you have to juggle your dish in between uh, that and other pots to try to maximize your score. There's a very strategic element to this that uh, I was not quite expecting to ha- hit so quickly. I was expecting to ha- yeah, have some sort of uh, strategy to it uh, eventually. Yeah, I've heard that around like chapter four or... Yeah, I could see it getting very crazy. really difficult. Yeah, I could see it getting very crazy getting uh, very quickly. Uh, just from all the systems uh, working on, uh, off one another, which you know, is not a bad thing. But I think fans of uh, Match 3 Puzzlers may be in for a shock uh, to you know, hit it that quickly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh... I might play that this week. I might just see what games I have on the Twitch Prime app at this point. Or the, the Twitch app. Or whatever it is. The Twitch launcher. Mm-hmm. Desktop launcher. Just because, I mean, I've been getting games from there for months now yeah I'm, I'm not I, a, like just like every time there's one that pops up i'm like oh well i'll grab this yeah i'm only a couple months in, into twitch prime uh but yeah, yeah this month is absolutely crazy with uh twitch prime they're doing yeah. 21 games uh, overall uh, a couple of them are yeah like multi-game bundles so that you know it's a little cheating but uh, some absolutely major games i mean hell i got banner soccer one and two that was also on my wish list yep i i to have Banner Saga 1 and 2 from them, which has been on my wish list. Yeah, I have a feeling that's also a Game Club uh, possibility. Different months, of course, because we definitely don't want to try to cram uh, two uh, Banner Sagas into one thing. Yeah, definitely not, but that's something to have for down the down the line. Very end of this year, maybe next year, because we've got the next three, four months planned out. Yeah. Hey, we actually have a plan. August, September, October, the next three months planned out. Yeah, it's uh, rare that we plan out that far in advance of our game club. Yeah, usually we sit down like the sometimes the day before 
or the day of the podcast, like, so what do you, what do you, what game do we want to play next month? Uh, I don't know. Well, we've, Should we uh, theme well, it we, somehow? Well, we've been better about that and doing it a week before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, well, uh, should we uh, spoil uh, at least uh, next month? Uh, we pretty much decided that Fallout New Vegas is going to be two months. Yeah, that game's so big. We're going to do the July as, like, the main story and uh, August as the DLC stuff. Yeah, have you figured and, out you what know, uh, what path you're going to take? I think I have. No. I have not. You do know you what I'm talking about. the main story? Yeah. You mean, like, which faction, basically? Mm-hmm. I'm between two. I know one I'm definitely not going to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think we agree with that one. But, yeah, I can't decide which... Which, supposedly, the, it, it was going to be a lot more fleshed out in the final game, but, yeah, they had to cut stuff. I'm assuming we're both uh, ruling out uh, Caesar's Legion right away. Yeah, definitely. Fuck them. They, they hate me. Yeah, fuck them. Well, also, well, they hate me anyways. Well, well, but, well, you threw a grenade at them. I threw a lot of things at them. Dynamite, grenades, bullets, javelins. Yeah, I'm no expert, but maybe you want to shoot bullets at them and not throw at them. I can throw really hard. Uh, yeah. And that first, what what is it? Prim? Nipton. Nipton. I killed all of them there. Yeah, see, first I made, see, I made that mistake on my first playthrough. Oh, it wasn't a mistake. I did it on purpose. I knew what I was getting myself into, but fuck those guys. I'll just uh, storm the castle later. But yeah, I'm I'm between the other two choices. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, but, but yeah, but let's not uh, confer on that one and see if we uh, follow the same path because uh, on uh, choices like that, we tend to actually follow <laughs> the same uh, line of reasoning. We do, we do indeed. It's it's kind of creepy actually whenever we both uh, do the same thing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, is that all you have to say about Battleship Brigade? Uh, yeah, it's a, a very weird but fun game, at least so far. I can see how, yeah, it getting very difficult very quickly, mm-hmm. which may put off some people that uh, are into the more match, uh, uh, match three puzzler, even though this is also a very weird match three puzzler with just how you interact with the game board. I, yeah. I think that uh, and this also feels like it is very geared towards gamepad because uh, that is a, kind of a strike against it. It had some very weird, weird keyboard controls. It doesn't use the mouse at all because, yeah, it uses the stirring mechanic, but it's WASD and the arrow keys. Does it have controller support? Yes, it has controller support, and I've been using my... Uh, uh, DualShock 4 with it. Okay. Uh, but I started the game with the uh, keyboard because you know, I saw Match 3 Puzzle and I didn't realize it had the stirring mechanic instead of uh, a traditional yeah, uh, swapping gems. Yeah. So I thought I was getting into that so that's why I was doing mouse and keyboard or yeah, keyboard first. So yeah. Uh, know what you're getting into. <laughs> yeah, I got you. That makes sense. Okie dokie. Well, the first game on my list uh, is called First Strike Final Hour. This is a game I got from Keymailer, and I finally decided to play one of those. Uh, 
Yeah, um, I got this re- as review copy as well. It uh, actually came out uh, fairly recently, uh, in uh, May. Yeah. Um. So it's uh, it is a real time strategy type game. It's not like strategy in the traditional sense of like you you know produce units and move them around and stuff like that but defcom uh, you pl- you play do what it's essentially a take on defcom i've never played that uh, well i look at this uh have you ever seen defcom defcom mm-hmm. uh it's by int- uh, introversion which is the people that made prison architect uh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, Defcom. Uh, uh, sorry to derail you, but it's essentially the ending sequence to uh, War Games uh, as a video game. Yeah. This is just as it is a globe. Yeah, I've never, I've never played this before, or seen it, or heard of it. Interesting. So yeah, this is kind of like that. You control um, a nation that has access to nuclear weapons, and there's. 10 in total that you can play you start with four of them um and they vary in difficulty based on how much territory they start with um so the united states is listed as the easiest initially because it has the most starting territories um and north korea is listed as the hardest because it has the least amount of starting territory and And does it actually have missiles at work it does it does also, not realistic. So you start out um, with access to very basic nuclear weapons. You get like a nuclear-tipped cruise missile um, and the ability to research things and expand your territory to take over new plots on the map, essentially. And each one allows you to... Uh, they give you different amounts of slots to put weapons there. So you can do cruise missiles. I forget what AM. BM stands for, but they're like short-range ballistic missiles, mm-hmm. and you get ICBMs, and then there are a variety of super weapons that you can unlock as you go throughout the game, and one of them is like, uh, there's a space laser. Damn! There's... Uh, sorry. Uh, the PC tax on this is horrendous. I-, I was thinking, wow, that does look like a uh, mobile interface, and sure enough, it's on iTunes. Uh, I didn't- I didn't realize that, but I'll talk about that in a minute because this game is frantic and sometimes like difficult to control just with like a mouse because you're like, oh shit, going all over the place trying to defend. I couldn't imagine playing this. It's four on a bucks on, on iTunes. It's it's not a bad game. It's frantic. It's fun. It's a little bit silly in the way that it's presented to you um, and how simplified things are. And it, it's mostly just about you know, how well can you defend and expand your territory at the same time? And you get some things that can help you. Like one of the research things is automatic, uh, an automatic defense system. So as long as you have cruise missiles, which are the only things that can defend uh, against in other incoming missiles, uh, whenever a missile flies over your territory, it'll automatically get shot down, but it doesn't respond as quickly. So it's easier to overwhelm the automatic defense system than if you're doing it yourself. So you still have to kind of help out a little bit. Um, the super weapons are fun and silly. I've won a couple of games and unlocked some of the other stuff. You can play through a game in about, as long as you don't like die pretty early on, you mm-hmm. can play through an entire game in 30 to 45 minutes. Um, 
and there's no really like difficulty. It's just the starting or the difficulty is determined by your starting country with how much territory you have. But typically, if you can survive for about 15 minutes, you can even yourself out. And if you play really heavy defense, even with like North Korea, which I said only starts with one single territory, uh, you can do all right. Uh, as you unlock more nations, you can play with more, uh, more AI at once. So initially, you can only play with four. But as you start unlocking them, you can start bumping the number up. Um, so there's ten in total. I've played with a max of six now. And six can get really hectic. Uh, the di There's diplomacy, uh, which is super simple. Like, you just build, like, a super pack. And then you can defend each other's territory and um, get, like, notifications when they're doing stuff and benefit from their research. But it's really hard to keep up with because when you're in... Uh, in the diplomacy screen, you can't do anything. Like, time slows down, but still, you can't do anything. And you have to wait for all of the diplomacy counters to, like, count down, and then you, you know, become someone's ally. Mm -hmm. But the alliances are temporary, so you have to keep going back to it if you want to keep having an alliance. And the computer or the AI seems to be able to manage this a lot better than, than I could. And I found myself just lone wolfing it after the early game. Because uh, once you have so much territory, the AI is not likely to ally with you anyways because they see you as a big threat. So it's pretty useful in the early game for defense, but later on, um, I, like I said, I just found myself lone wolfing it. The mobile thing makes sense, though, actually, now that I think about it, because I didn't realize it was a mobile title. Well, I just and looked at the to... interface and thought, wow, that I remember uh, getting the review code on this, but it came out late May, so... I think I was distracted with something else, but I remember looking at the UI and thinking, wow, that looks very mobile-esque. Yeah, well, you have to, like, confirm every launch, and it looks like like you'll have to double-click, and I'm assuming that's, like, the double-tap, and it's, like, mm -hmm. a circle and stuff. It makes sense now. I'm like, this is weird. Like, it feels like it's definitely inspired by, like, mobile game design, but I didn't realize it actually was also uh, on mobile devices. Or at least on uh, Apple. I yeah. didn't see it on it on uh sorry I saw it on iTunes but not the Play Store. Uh, yeah, that meant, that makes a lot more sense. With oh how no the no no is, never mind it's, it's there. I, I just uh, didn't find it at first. It was on like page three in my search. Because uh, it's like you click on like a territory and then you'll get like a radial wow you know, wheel that you click on a thing that you want it to do. It is um, uh, even cheaper on uh on Android. It's two dollars there nice yeah i feel like this game honestly is only worth like three four bucks max it's a fun little game but there's not a ton of depth to it i basically won the the two games that i played by doing the exact same thing uh having some alliances at the beginning playing real defensive and then uh, lone wolfing it at the end and just being sure to cover my territory with lots of automated defense missiles so that it was difficult to be overwhelmed by what's called the first strike, mm -hmm. which launches all of your available weapons that can reach your target at once. Okay. So you it, can rain like 25 or more ICBMs down on someone. All right. If you like this, I would suggest checking out Gef, uh, DEFCON uh, by introversion. Uh, it's a bit different, though. It starts off, it's real time strategy like this, uh, but it has a, a stages of escalation. It starts out at DEFCON 5. And you place your units. Uh, you have submarines. You have uh, 
uh, fleets, uh, battleships, and uh, aircraft carriers. You have uh, uh, radar stations that you can place in your territory. You choose, or you're you're able to choose one of, I want to say five uh, different regions, and different regions are uh, uh, different difficulties based on your area. You don't have uh, expansion of your territories though, so. Uh, but you place radar, you place your air bases, that sort of thing. And it's a bit different on real-time strategy in that you're not able to produce your units. You control them. And you can actually have, it has an office mode, which has a real-time battle. As in, the game takes eight hours. <laughs> All right? Okay. So this is actually a good laptop game for you. Yeah. Uh, But... uh. Uh, submarines are able to do essentially surprise attacks. Uh, they're equipped with nuclear uh, missiles, uh, but you have a limited stockpile. So, you know, you don't just want to first strike and be done with it. You want to try to strategically take out uh, various things. Uh, aircraft are able to intercept missiles. That are, uh, you have anti, you have uh, uh, surface-to-air missiles that you can place to try to shoot down aircraft and shoot down missiles. And the idea is to essentially uh, die the least. It's not, you know, expansion and everything. It's essentially, you know, who, it's not winning the game. It's who loses the least. And everything's measured in mega deaths. Mega death. It's an actual term. <coughs> uh, I'm not joking. That sounds interesting. Uh, it's a term uh, for every million dead. So, and every time you nuke a city, uh, you take out essentially half its population. So, uh, you want to try to spread out your attacks as well and try to strate- strategically strike uh, in various spots. It's actually very difficult and uh, has this uh, real moody uh, tone to it as well. I guess I'm going to have to add this to my game list now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, granted, uh... I haven't played this in ages. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's a, it's all about your, managing your resources. It's a very interesting take on the real-time strategy uh, uh, aspect of things because it's not about unit management uh, so much as unit survival. and Well, it is unit management, not unit production, I should say. Right. It's one of those games that uh, isn't really well known, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'd never heard of it before. So, and it's been around for a long time. It says it released, it was in, in 2006, so mm-hmm. 12, year, 12 years old at this point. Yeah, it should be able to run on a potato at this point. Excellent. Perfect for my laptop. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cool. That, that's your uh, homework for the uh, for the week. Office well, mode. It. Uh, well, it's pretty cheap, isn't it? That's 10 bucks. I'm, I'm, I've spent 100% of my wallet on the steam sale yeah i think it goes pretty cheap uh uh yeah i'm just wanting to see historic low i'm pretty sure it goes uh, like two or three bucks it was historic low was 99 cents yeah so yeah i mean when it's on sale i'll pick it up yeah next uh steam sale uh and your uh homework for then is office mode Get a feel for it, and then uh, do eight-hour game uh, throughout your uh, therapy. <laughs> During one day? Yeah. I'd do that. Okie dokie. 
Oh, and uh, I didn't say uh, the uh, the escalation is on. It's very interesting where it starts out uh, DEFCON 5 where you're able to just move around units. And whenever something's in range, you're able to see them. But as it goes down uh, the DEFCON uh, situations, uh, more actions become available. You know, airstrikes become available, I think, like at DEFCON 3 with full-out uh, nuclear uh, uh, missiles, you know, at DEFCON 1. Sweet. I, I didn't mention what the escalation was exactly, did I? So, there we go. So, next on my list, then, Astroneer. Um, Astroneer was the last game that I bought on the Steam sale after I had refunded a few things and had all the money back in my, my wallet. Um, and Astroneer is a procedurally generated space exploration game, or planet space exploration game, um, with a little bit of, a little tiny bit of, like, base building type stuff. Um, the, the bases that you build are fairly simple, at least so far. Um, but you can build vehicles and spacecraft and things like that. They're they're sort of pre-designed things, so you can't... It's not like Space Minecraft or Space Engineers or something like that. Um, it's definitely focused much more on the exploration and sort of beauty aspects of the game. Uh, and it's it's been enjoyable so far. I played it for a couple of hours, which is enough to let me know that I like the game, but only scratching the surface of the depth of what this game has to offer. Uh, the art style is really, like, this interesting mix of cute and beautiful. Um, when you're, like, your character and the way that the items and vehicles des- are designed are, are really cute looking and the equipment you use. But when you're out exploring and, like, the sun is rising on the horizon, um, it's got a very sort of No Man's Sky-esque quality to it. Like, it's a screenshot, you know, it, it, it's a screenshot generator in a lot of ways. Um... And you can see some of that in the screenshots that they've chosen to show off on the the, the store page. Um, there's there's only a couple of like real beauty shots, um, but the ones that are there are gorgeous. Uh, the game is slow going uh, as a single player. I it's I mean you can play it single player just fine, but it's it feels certainly like it's designed to push the multiplayer exploration aspect. Um, lots of things take lots of time and need lots of babysitting, and when you have more players around, you can go through it faster. Like, the starting base that you have generates a very small amount of power, so you can only run a couple of things, um, at a time efficiently. Uh, like, everything runs, it's a, but it, you know, it scales based on how much power it's getting, so... You know, if something's only getting 5% of the available power, it only runs at 5% of its maximum speed for research and, like, uh, building platforms and crafting things that you need. Uh, and you can build, like, additional power generators and stuff and stick them into the the system, but they have to be fed by fuel, um, and various generators use different types of fuel. And eventually you can get, like, solar panels and stuff and batteries to store charge uh, so that you can run much more efficiently. But in the early game, like, you have to constantly feed these generators with power or with, with fuel so that they power your base. Uh, and, you know, as one person, you can only babysit your base for a little while. And then you have to explore and go get more resources and stuff. And so while you're gone, everything is running super inefficiently. And research takes forever. Um, you take the little resource, like, 
blocks or pegs that you get uh that like everything is like a peg that gets it in slotted or gets slotted into like a hole on either your suit or a storage platform or something so you put one peg of resource of resources at a time into the research machine and based on like the complexity of the the thing that you've put in or like you know how high it is on the sort of tier list of uh materials you get more research out of it for your time but it still takes 15, 20, 30 minutes to research something at full power. So if your base isn't running at full power, you know, if it's only running at 5 or 10% capacity, then it will, you know, that's only running at 5 or 10% speed. So researching thing take re- researching things takes a long time. And that's, you know, how you unlock everything is you research it and then you're able to uh, fabricate it in your 3D printer back at your base and then build it and expand like that. Um, It uses this weird little tethering system. So when you're out, you're constantly using the oxygen, and depending on what equipment you're using, you might be using your suit power too. And when that runs out, uh, you suffocate and die, and you've only got enough for a few minutes at a time away from something that you're tethered to. So essentially you have to build this long line of... uh, I forget what they're called, but they're like just big stakes you put in the ground that you can tether to. Uh, And you just build this long line of them out in a direction so that you can explore. There's no combat in the game. There there is some danger. Like, you know, you can fall to your death. Um, There's a few things in the world which can damage you, like poison gas or a few like... Wait, how's a poison gas getting into your spacesuit? I, I don't know. Video game logic, man. Ding. <laughs> um, I, I think that's a fair question, don't you? I do think that. I was like, why is this poison gas hurting? Oh, I'm dead. But I'm wearing a spacesuit. Uh, uh, you can suffocate and die maybe, if you, you know, maybe run out that, of oxygen. Maybe that's why you need the tether, is that you know, you're know you Mark Watney and you have a hole in your spacesuit and you're Iron Manning around. <laughs> um, Maybe. Maybe. Headcanon accepted. Uh, see, uh, in order to get off the tether longer, you need a roll of duct tape. Uh, and, <laughs> well, you can and, get... And your little astroneer has t- duct tape uh, on his helmet, then. <laughs> well, you can get oxygen pegs to put in your suit so that you can breathe for a lot longer away from the tether if you want to, like, explore a cave or something like that and not tether your way down inside. But even then, like, even if you filled your whole suit up with oxygen resources... You could really only explore for probably twenty minutes. Well, see that without being to well, next to a tether. Well, that's uh, where you're going wrong. You needed some nitrogen in and mix the two. You don't want to go right. pure oxygen. I mean, we learned that the hard way in the space system. Fair play. Fair play with a little bit of real knowledge dropping right there. Yo, dog, um, I got knowledge. But uh, but yeah, it's you know everything's really cute. There's. Um, you can be killed in storms too. That's the that's the main way that I die. Like I'm st- stuck out in the open when a huge windstorm blows up. And, and like then you and, you are Mark Watney. Debris and shit will like blow around and you can get hit. The easiest way to survive is to just hide in your space pod or dig a hole with your like mining thing and just hide in the hole until the storm blows over. Um, that part's a little bit finicky. Like trying to build or use the terrain um, manipulating tool to build, like, little platforms and land bridges and stuff. 
it's it's a little frustrating to use which sucks because that's a huge you know exploration is the whole point of the game and it's like ooh, i want to go up there how do i get up there and well build you know a little platform or a land bridge or something but then you like you fall off and you die or whatever there just there needs to more be more options for the terrain manipulator tool because it's basically got um dig raise and level but it's there's no way to expand or contract like your little circle oh no it, uh, it manipulates the terrain oh no brush size yeah there's no brush size uh adjustment and it's just by default just barely big enough for you to stand on so it it takes some it's it's taken some practice to even get like well maybe halfway able well, to use it maybe your suit needs to have some blue pegs put in it to make your brush bigger <laughs> sure that would be great um but overall it's a really cute really fun game i'm interested to see where it goes interested to see what there more there is to do as i work my way at the tech tree because there's a lot of stuff that i just don't have access to yet like ve- like i said vehicles ships you can explore a multitude of planets um in your randomly generated uh galaxy or solar system or whatever and i look forward to exploring some of the multiplayer stuff jim has this game and he's asked me once or twice to play and the, there's not been a good time when i've been able to yet but i'm definitely gonna play with jim uh, Cube has this game. A couple other people on my friends list have it. Yeah, so. this has been on my wish list for ages. It's just never pulled the trigger on it. And it has such a... Uh, okay, how is this game relevant to you? Because it you know, has that here. The Long Dark and Rim World. Yeah, this game is definitely not like Rim World. I haven't played The Long Dark, so I don't know. What, you don't mean that there's raiders that show up? Nope, there's no raiders. There's no nothing. Just you and the elements. The elements are the only thing that or the elements are falling and stubbing your toe too hard. <laughs> it's the only things that can kill you. Uh, and you know, uh, getting impaled, uh, very Mark Watney. Yeah. Well, speaking of Mark Watney and a Mars-like planet, eh, 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 eh. Uh, Planet Stronghold is the last game that I played this week. This is a visual novel styled RPG. Um, it, it looks like a visual novel. All of your conversations play out like a visual novel, but it's got a turn-based battle system and a huge variety of places to explore, at least based on the map. I don't know how much each of those places play into the main storyline. I've only played it for an hour or so. Um, but I mean, it's a sci-fi RPG with visual novel elements which like ticks off a bunch of boxes for me uh, yeah I but just this doesn't finished... look like it's crap no i just finished off the uh the tutorial section of the game which introduces you to uh the first group of main characters and gives you your first full squad to command um i mean if you've ever played like a, a turn-based battle game or a jrpg you get the gist of how this works you have different weapons and armor that you can equip which have different stats and you level up over time Mm -hmm. and increase the stats that are relevant to the things that you level up um it's got a system that's similar to any magic system from jrpg called psionics where that if you are are primarily a somebody who uses your mind for for combat um and that's what you sit down and have a good think about this absolutely that's what my character is because uh, if you play like a psionic soldier they're mostly the support class based on what i could tell 
like they have default like healing abilities and um a lot of buff and debuff stuff um so not not great raw attack power at least at the the start but you know i always play kind of a support character anyways when i can so that's what i picked and uh, including real life the, I'm not very far into the story yet. Like I said, the tutorial portion took me nearly an hour to get through. Like, it covers a lot of ground with this game. But it's got um, a system where you build and lose relationships with people. And it tells you, like, at the very beginning, like, based on who you choose, it's like, nothing will be different except your romance options based on which character you pick. So I don't know how much romance is going to be a part of this game. That's one of the tags on Steam. But honestly, half the time, the tags aren't very helpful anyways. What, you mean that uh, people troll and put in the wrong tags? Indeed. Indeed they do. So, I mean, it, this looks like it's going to be a pretty fully fleshed out RPG. Like I said, you can get kind of a, a, an idea of what the map looks like, the different locations you can go to from the uh, one of the images on the store page. Um, the battle system seems pretty standard as far as, you know, RPG stuff goes, there's different weapons with different elemental types and different armors with different elemental resistances. I mean, completely standard stuff. If you've ever played an RPG before, you get the gist of how this works. But uh, I, I'm just getting into the story, and there's, you know, <laughs> it's the there's some stuff in here that kind of takes the piss out of the sci-fi genre. Um, and one of the main characters... Uh, I, at least I think is going to be one of the main characters. His title is the King of All Humans. Um, okay. He's very like pompous and boy. I just had a good chuckle at it. This feels very much like um, uh, Starship Troopers. Like they're, they're, I'm getting some Starship Troopers vibes from it. I shouldn't say very much like it. I'm not far enough in to determine that. But I'm getting a lot of those. But you're wanting to uh, know elements. more. But I do want to know more. So I, I I've been playing this game. I played this game at work yesterday. I didn't get a chance to play it today, but this is going to be, I think, a good game for me to play at work, too. But yeah, I, I'm. It, it seems like it's off to a good start, but I'm still not far enough in to determine if the story is actually going to be good or not. But the gameplay mechanics are easy and simple and in-depth enough that I feel like there's more to this than just like a, a simple visual or kinetic novel. Um, the writing seems to be pretty good so far. They've set up a couple of hooks for some stuff that I think is going to come into play later on about your character. And um, it's not like crazy outlandish stuff, but it seems like good storytelling, just solid storytelling. So I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, what's but, wrong yeah, with you? This actually uh, looks like a decent visual novel. I know, right? Are, are you See, ill? Uh, I have I have good taste. I also just enjoy things that as well that are in poor taste but i do have good taste and enjoy good games occasionally yep occasionally but yeah that wraps it up for the games that i played this week so we need a break or are we ready to do the news what we're actually going to do the news this week yeah we'll do we'll do some of it this week you know, <laughs> like a minute or two worth and then we'll move on uh, and also some of the news that we had on, uh, on a, last week. Indeed. Um, so yeah, our first news story of the week, which also kind of is going to work in one from last week. Valve leaks its Steam game player counts. Um, and, and Ars Tactica has the numbers. Indeed they do. Yeah, th this is a, an interesting thing because it, it's not just 
player numbers, it's total sales. And how they did this is actually pretty interesting. Uh, some, uh, some of the developers of particular games, I'm trying to find exactly how they did this. Not, uh, well, who did this, I should say, because, uh, the way that they were doing this was based on achievement percentages. Uh, and some of the uh, percentages were obscenely precise. I mean, Mr. Spock level of precision, all right? Where, uh, I'm trying to find exactly who this was because I'm blanking on it. Uh, actually, the end of Nod developer, uh, uh, well, one of them, uh, Tyler Gabriel, uh, was talking about the, uh, percentages based around achievements. For example, an achievement earned by 0.0127822076901793488% of the player base uh, would translate into exactly 8 players out of 62,587 without any rounding. So they were able to figure out based on these percentages on different games achievements through the Steam API, some actually fairly precise numbers on a lot of games. <laughs> to the point where as long as a game had an achievement and someone achieved it, they were able to figure out the player count on those achievements. Now, the limitation on this is the game had to have achievements, so Dota 2 is out immediately. And it only counted people that had installed the game and gotten one achievement. So this isn't total sales. That's very important to note. So uh, how do we want to handle this? So like the top five or ten and then start picking out some oddballs? Uh, sure. So, what are the top uh, So top one few. is Team Fortress 2 at an estimated player count of 50 million 191,347. And that's based off of installed and played enough to get one achievement, which for Team Fortress 2 is drop dead easy. <laughs> yeah. Then next up is Counter Strike Global Offensive at 46,351,966. No surprise on that with how big of a, an esports game it is. Yeah. Then next one is also not a surprise. Do you want to take that one? It is Player Unknown's Battlegrounds at thirty-six million six hundred four thousand one hundred thirty-four. Wonder how many of that is just in China. Uh, thirty-six million. <laughs> <laughs> okay, probably not that extreme, but yeah, the Chinese following for this game is absolutely absurd. The point where it has an off uh, uh peak. Whenever you look at the Steam charts and look at the player counts for uh, PUBG versus everything else. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious that a good chunk of their player base is in China. And it makes me wonder how that's going to pan out for the long-term uh, success of the game. Because it has seen a downturn on its overall popularity. Just due to their unwillingness to work on bugs and actual features in the game and focusing more on uh well Jim Sterling called it dick bag monetization. 
because they're basically chasing every single uh, monetization scheme possible while being a paid yeah. game. Uh, and then uh, next one, next. yeah, next one is uh, one that I didn't think that would be that high. Yeah, uh, Unturned, which in case you're wondering what that is, like I was when I just read the title of this, it's a uh, zombie survival game, like a Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft zombie survival game. Uh, it has 27,381,399 players. Yeah, but not exactly surprising because free to play. And yeah. uh, and uh, paid uh, and with a bunch of uh, shop items and uh, marketplace stuff, so yeah, right there is yeah going to be a big thing. And fishing. Mm. Uh, hang on, <laughs> uh, installing. Actually, I installed this at one point, but never got around to playing it. So I have it in my library, but I don't. But I don't count towards this because I I don't think I got the, any of the achievements. No, I never played yeah, it. So I'd, I've never installed this, but I'd be willing I, I went, to try. I went it. to try it at one point. I'm not sure if I got review code for it or something, but I went to try it at some point. And uh, let's see, Left 4 Dead 2 at 23. Point, oh, let's just round at this point, 23.1 million. So another Valve game. Not exactly a surprise because you know that one also goes fairly cheap, and it had a pretty big run for quite a while i'm not sure what its actual player counts are, are these days yep uh i'm, I'm quickly Katie. looking up <laughs> okay uh it's still it's actually fairly po- uh, popular uh, uh today's peak eighteen thousand players it's right between slay the spire and dark souls 3 that's not too shabby given how old left 4 dead 2 yeah it's in the top uh i want to say 25 top 30 Without counting it off. Nice. Uh, next, Payday 2, 18.6 million players. Yeah, we don't know anybody that plays that. No, not a single person. <laughs> Kyle and friends. Uh, next one is not a surprise uh, out, uh, outside of that it's sold that poorly. <laughs> because I, I, I expected this to be a lot higher. Gary's Mod at 18.5 billion, which I'm counted on this one. Like Gary's mod is a sandbox, uh, you know, basically do what you want game, and there's a lot of different game modes and uh, stuff to do in it. Yeah, uh, it next, yeah, it, oh, sorry. Uh, well, it's still also very popular, even though it's older. It's uh, today's peak is eighteen thousand uh, nice. players. I mean, that's uh, very good for such an old game. Yeah. The uh, next is another one that's not surprising that it's in the top ten. Warframe. Oh, what's 16. that? Sixteen point three million. Yeah, both of us would be counted in this one, <laughs> even though I haven't played it in quite a while. I've yeah, got, well, I played it today. In it. <laughs> um, what is the Warframe nine? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, Warframe is number eight. Uh, number nine, Counter Strike Source at fifteen million players. Mm-hmm. Pretty close to exactly, actually. Yeah. I mean that's number, uh, just at that uh, eighteen hundred off of uh, exactly fifteen million, which not surprising on that one. Yeah, uh, and then rounding out the list of the top ten anyway is Paladins at fourteen point three million players. Yeah, which uh, well, going back to Counter Strike Source, I wonder how many of uh, of uh, Gary's mod uh, players bought Counter Strike Source just for the mo- uh, for the models. Because that's something I did at one point. Got it uh, on the cheap. 
it's still got an achievement or two in Counter Strike Source, but uh, but uh, right on the bubble since uh, it's right here. Uh, Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim is at thirteen point two million, but this is just I think one version of it, and not yeah, <laughs> the definitive edition as well. Yeah, I wonder if Skyrim's on here twice. Yes, it is. Uh, special Doing a little bit of cold. Uh, I, I already found it. Uh, uh, Skyrim Special Edition, uh, four point three million. Okay. So so combined, yeah, which 17, it, 18 million if you know. But I mean, they're list. You know, they're two different ID tags on mm-hmm. Steam. So so it put still, it in the middle. Crazy. Yeah, there, there was actually an article. Uh, I didn't put it on the docket because there wasn't a lot to talk about, but. Uh, it was Todd Howard, basically. Where Todd Howard said, yeah, if you stop buying Skyrim, if you want us to stop putting it on in places. I mean, he's not wrong, but it's kind of a dick statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, but, so yeah, that's the top 11, I guess. Um, and then you and I went through last night looking at some different stuff. Battletech mm-hmm. is on there. It's near the bottom at like 250 or 60,000 players. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, a, a game that came out in April is on the list. That made me happy. Uh, well, our game club game, Fallout New Vegas, is at 5.2 million. Yep. Which for an older game, you know, that's not bad. But, you know, I wish it was higher. <laughs> Rocket League's at 10 million. So it's pretty close. It's in the top 20. Um, yeah, there's... I'm surprised yeah. GTA Five has only got 12 million... 12.6 million sold on or players on Steam. Well, uh, I wonder Although how many of those have double or triple dipped. And also a lot of uh, Rockstar's revenue from that isn't from sales, but from the shark cards. But sales of a different nature. Yeah. Or uh, also, yeah, you don't have to get it on Steam. You could get it through the uh, Rockstar uh, Social Club. But Yeah, which I did. Uh when I bought it, because they had it like 50% off at one point, and that was cheaper than it had ever been on Steam at the time. Uh, but I think something also is a little bit telling here is that, uh, by my quick count, I may have miscounted, I only see 18 games here that are above 10 million uh, sold. Uh, uh, that's a little surprising, honestly, especially with some of the deep discounts. Or Yeah, 18. Uh, well, uh, several of these are also free to play. Uh, uh, Robocraft, um, Paladins, yeah, Paladins, uh, Warframe. Payday 2 is free to play, right? Uh, no. No? I know you had to buy in at some point. Is the original pay- Payday free to play? I don't think it's, uh, uh, free to play. I'm pretty sure it's not. I, no, I, no, 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 10 bucks. no, no, they had a free uh, thing where they gave it away at one point. Oh, okay. Cause I knew that, that, that I got uh, it that, for that, free. That's why I was, uh, that's why I was throwing off. It's like, no, it's not f- free. Is it? Uh, in Team Fortress 2, obviously, but it was also originally a paid game. But yeah, not, yeah. not a many, uh, 10 million sellers, which is a little surprising to me just based on how deep some of the d- discounts on the Steam store goes. But, Fallout 4 at 6.6 million, and it's between Arma 3 and Warface. Alien Swarm is also one that I'm shocked that's not higher up, because that's at 6.6 million, and that's a free-to-play game. Yeah, I'm I'm down here looking in, like, the million range, like, seeing if I see anything that's surprising, like, I'm surprised it sold that many copies or that few copies, Mm -hmm. depending on what the title is. 
well, I'm in the 5 million range. Like, Magica is 4.9 million. Sanctuary the Third, uh, 5.1 million. Hey, Crypto the Necrodancer, 1.1 million. Good for them. Mm-hmm. I like to see uh, little indie darlings around there. Duck Game, 1 point. That's close enough. I'll call it 1.2 million. Yeah, Duck Game is uh, a weird one. Hey, Divinity Original Sin. Oh, Classic, 1.2 million. wonder if the Enhanced Edition is on there. Yeah, I would count on uh, both Divinity, of them. Divinity 2 is at 1.6 million. That's actually not bad uh, because technically that's a more of a, a niche game. Yeah, Divinity Dragon Commander, 265,000. Yeah, I wouldn't count it for that because I... Uh, no, no, I would because I uh, got an achievement in it. Uh, enhanced Edition, 1.5 million. Divinity Original Sin Enhanced Edition. Uh, To the Moon, right at a million. Uh, Frozen Synapse also had a million. That's a also a really good game. Uh, uh it's just amazing some of these uh, sales, you know, uh, some of these sale figures, which yeah. uh, it does tie into another ar- article where Steam is going to do their uh, own Steam Spa. But uh, I'm leery on that, uh, trusting it for two reasons: one, it's their own numbers, and there's no outside verification. Yep. But also, Valve has a very bad tendency to pick up projects and then drop them. Yep. So it makes me wonder, you know, first of all, would it be accurate? Or would they have the interest for it to be accurate? But second of all, uh, would they keep up with it? Yeah, I don't know how... Like, I don't know what they would... Well, that's not true. I was going to say, I don't know why they would benefit from lying about their sale numbers but then like i thought about that for a half a second and went no they absolutely could benefit from lying about sales numbers um or you know player counts or whatever mm-hmm. but i feel like the incentive to do so based on their position would be lower um than another company like which i'm not trying to defend them steam's yeah. fucked up plenty of shit but i just feel like the incentive to lie about these numbers would be lower for them compared to other companies doing the same thing just because of their position in the market um at least at this point maybe if they start to slip uh as the number one yeah. i could see them wanting to lie more to keep that up but at least right now i don't see why they would lie um and then on top of that uh or or in addition to that i with how frequently they drop projects, I would be very worried that they would drop this. Like, they'd get halfway through it. I don't know how they'd get halfway through this, but somehow they'd find a way to get halfway through it and leave it unfinished. Or not have it be particularly accurate just yet. Yeah, and then never fix it to make it more accurate. Yeah, uh, here's another one. Toxic, uh, 575,000. Uh, that was essentially a take on the old Unreal tournament games that just completely fell flat. And, uh, well, I found Evolve last night. Uh, uh, eight, uh, four point eight million uh, disappointed players. <laughs> nice. X three Terran conflict four point or sorry, not four point eight, four hundred eighty two thousand players. I assume Albion Prelude would be a subset of that, mm-hmm. but it's not even cracked the the top a thousand so. Yeah, uh, but X Reunion has got three hundred and or sorry, X Rebirth has got three hundred forty-three thousand. So that's another niche game I like to see up there. But yeah, I don't. Uh, Battleborn four hundred ninety-two thousand. 
Yeah, I remember we talked about that. You lie, or I brought that up last night. Yeah, I just I was uh, like, where'd they all go? <laughs> Away from here. <laughs> Can't blame them. Uh, Hatred, 240,000. That's near the bottom. Let's put it That's this way. A battle, on the list. Battleborn barely uh, uh, outstrips uh, Card Mechanic Simulator 2018. <laughs> nice. Oh, Iron Sky Invasion, 241,000. A great, like, B-movie type game that has really cheesy FMV in it and stuff like that. Bayonetta, 200, oh, sorry, 424,000. Well, 425,000, essentially. That's actually a little surprising uh, that, yeah, it sold that well considering how late it uh, launched, you know? Yeah. Because Cowboy, 251,000. Postal, 258,000. I'm just like, now I'm at the bottom. Uh, Rebel Galaxy, 378,000. You did not like that game. <laughs> I didn't. Right. I didn't think it was bad. I think it. It's I, all right. I think it suffers from having too much padding. Yeah, hot to full boyfriend two hundred eighty three thousand. Yay! Dark Souls Yay. remastered uh, three hundred forty eight thousand. Woo! Uh, and I, if you listen closely, I think you could hear t- Kyle typing. <laughs> Which, hey, if yeah. you want to send in an email, vglpodcast uh, at gmail.com. Ding. <laughs> so, yeah, this is just a fascinating list to go. Like, it's one of those things. It's like just seeing the numbers and looking for games that you enjoy. And, or, or even hate. Or hate, yeah, and seeing where they are and being happy or sad or mad. Or seeing, you know, just what they uh, write, what's uh, near them in sales because there's some interesting things. Uh, uh, surrounding some good games and some bad games, you know? Like, here, yeah. oh, okay, here's one that uh, blows my fucking mind. CPU cores. Do what? Uh, CPU cores. Maximize your FPS on uh, uh, Steam games. Essentially, it's in uh, it's game tweaks that you could do yourself. It's a $15 program. That's supposedly is supposed to improve your FPS, but it yeah, it just does Windows tweaks. But it sold two hundred seventy-two thousand copies. Let's put it this way: it sold more than Batman: The Telltale Series. <laughs> Didn't sell as well as BattleTech, though. Yay! I mean, it is such a ripoff, and it also. The same, de- I think it's the same developer. Also has one that's essentially supposed to be some sort of RAM dump, but doesn't really do anything. Yeah, it ha- yeah. He also is going to sell cl- uh, clear RAM, which is- sell better than Dirt Four <laughs> or looking for like big games that it it outsold. It outsold Ducktales Remastered. Oh no, Alboy. Divinity Dragon Commander. Yeah, it sold hatred, so that's Actually, good. hang on, that's one. Tabletop Simulator, two point uh three million. I saw Tabletopia nice. and uh which is essentially a uh free uh uh version of it. Or not f- no, I think it is free and it subsists on DLC. 
but I saw that and I thought, wait, how? Yeah, uh, Tabletopia is free and it has a bunch of DLC, but also I think it has a workshop support as well. Actually, no, it doesn't. I don't see. I don't see it, so. Yeah. Okay. I don't really know what else we can can glean from yeah. this aside from just continue to poke around and be like, oh, I, that's there. <laughs> Master of Iran, uh, two hundred uh, forty three thousand. Yeah, that's that's one of those niche titles that's got like a big following for you know in its own community, but mm-hmm. kind of like BattleTech. BattleTech's the same way. A lot of games. Are Battle games, so Royale Trainer, two hundred fifty four thousand. Oh, sorry, two hundred fifty seven thousand. Yeah, that's another one of the ones that we were like. I wonder how I wonder how many people uh, bought that because of Jim Sterling. <laughs> Probably a few. Probably a few. And it's also a five dollar game, but it, it's not one of those that just completely spams uh, the achievements. But it looks like they're pretty easy to get. That's something that we need to do. Uh, 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 hit. Enter a lot of times. Okay, it looks like there's none that's the pure achievement spam, thankfully. At least that I can see on the list. Farming Simulator, uh, 15, uh, 916,000. I just uh, happen to scroll up to it. Uh, oh, here's one. One more, all right. Duke Nukem Forever, 886,514. <laughs> For as long as that was in development, that's a, a disappointment, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, I was just wondering if any of the uh, achievement spam games, uh, yeah, really took off. But it looks like none of it at least sold. Uh, the minimum to get on the list was uh, two hundred thirty-seven thousand two hundred twelve, which is Soul Forge. But yeah, a very interesting list go on here and just find your favorites or find games that you love to hate evolve and uh see what uh they sold and uh what they outdid and what did them it's a just fascinating and i hope that the uh uh valve steam spa actually you know for one actually releases because that's another thing is valve likes to start working on projects and just never get them to the point where they could actually be released as well. I mean, they talked about Spotify support on their uh, music player in, uh, in Steam. And uh, talked about Pandora support, and, and that never came to uh, fruition. And they've never even messed with the uh, music player in Steam for ages. And uh, for some people, I'm sure it's also news that there's a music player in Steam. Yep, there is one. It's not very good. Not very good at all. Yeah. I wish that they would actually support that. And what they could do is any game that you have music DLC for, it's able to download it independently of the game itself and add it to your library. Yeah. Because that's one of the irritating things about uh, uh, soundtracks on uh, Steam is it has to be downloaded with the game. And if you move it out of the game, It'll re-download it if it uh, has to check for a file, unless you uh, disable it. And the fact that they have a music player, uh, well, the Steam broadcast is another thing that they worked a lot on, had a big uh, uh, fanfare when it came out, and then nothing. Yep. 
that's why I'm leery of yeah, wanting to trust Valve. It's not so much to think that they lie. It's just that you know, they <laughs> get, they half ass everything, yeah. just about. Yeah, a matter of fact, can you even find uh, the without going into the community and start poking around? Oh, no, broadcast. Okay, I just want to see. Okay, the top broadcast is battle. Uh, sorry, as a realm royale at five hundred fourteen viewers, then the second highest is some sort of uh, well, that's kanji, so that's likely either Chinese or Japanese. Aim Lab broadcast at 36. <laughs> and then it quickly drops down below 10. I mean, there's nobody watching this. And it's kind of a chicken and egg thing, isn't it? Yeah. They they don't want to put more development time into, uh, into the system because there's no one watching it, but nobody's watching it. And it's not because it's not been developed enough. You know? Yeah. All righty. Well, let's go talk about a, an, another interesting gaming thing that makes us go what? Uh, Pokemon Go has brought in $1.8 billion since its launch. Yeah, that's a B with a B. Carcelium billion. Yeah, billion with a B. Uh, it just blows my mind that, uh, which also starts with a B, uh, that it brought in that much money. But then again, it doesn't because Pokemon and People just go absolutely insane with Pokemon. I mean, it is the biggest entertainment property, period. Pokemans. Yeah. Them, them, them Pokemans. Katie recently started playing it. When she went to go, when she went on her trip a few weeks ago to go visit her friends, they play Pokemon and they would go. Oh, they infected her. Pokemon walks. Yeah, and they infected her and she brought it home and she's now level seven. Uh, she's a higher level in Pokemon Go than me. That's probably the only video game she'll ever be a higher level than me in. And she's like, you should download it, and we should uh, go on Pokemon Walks too. And so I downloaded it, but we haven't done anything. Question. Sometimes, what? Does it actually count as a video game? Or a glorified pedometer still? Uh, There's more gaming stuff to it, but not a lot. I mean, for Katie, it's definitely a video game. For me, it's a waste of time. <laughs> But, you know, we're two very different types of, of people when it comes to playing games. Katie's, like, the definition of a casual gamer. She plays a few games on her phone and enjoys, like, Mario Kart um, and a few other games. Cuphead? Uh, yeah, she likes Cuphead, and being bad surprising. at it. <laughs> oh, she, God, she's real bad at it. But that's okay. We have fun. Yeah, I wish there was online play with Cuphead so we could play together. Yeah, it, maybe it, Then we could be bad at, uh, at it together. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sometimes whenever we're out doing stuff, Katie's like, oh, wait, stop, go over here. It's like, oh my God, there's your Pokemon will be fine. It'll be fine. You're wasting our time. She's like, but I want to catch it. I got to catch them. I'm like, you got to catch them all. She's like, yes. Pokemon. Like, Pokemon, <laughs> got to catch them all. Back from the, like the Nintendo rock era <laughs> of theme songs. Crazy over the top rock and roll. It's a nineties thing, man. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Katie. I mean, she hasn't spent any money, as far as I know. Um, I don't think she will, because she doesn't really spend money on stuff like that ever. But 
Yeah, oh she no, plays it sounds it like she's every, uh, she's in it deep. Every every few days, she'll like go for a walk around the neighborhood and catch them Pokemans. Yeah, considering the, how they uh, very very poorly handled this game, uh, just it took them ages to get basic features into it that they talked about at launch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they just added training and some, or not training, trading and some kind of friend system where you can see each other gifts. And yeah, like don't you have to be physically next to one another, essentially, or very close yeah. range? Yeah, you have to be uh, in the same space. I forget what the the radius is, but it's pretty pretty small. You have to be, you know, in the same building as them, I would say, or on the same network, like if you're like connected to Wi-Fi or something. In the, I just remember they they had this big uh, conference, and they brought in all this yeah mobile cell towers, and the entire network crashed. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, as that in was their servers. Last year, I think. It, it just seems like every time I've heard about them, it's either them adding features that are very basic that should have been either in place at launch or within the first couple months afterwards, or just something utterly stupid. At least we haven't uh, heard you know, any people dying about uh, for, uh, with the game lately. Yeah, not in a while. Yeah, every time you launch it now, like because I, you know, I played it or tried it out when it first released, and uh, this is one thing that I've noticed that's different. Every time you launch the game, like there's warnings that Cobas don't don't trespass. Pay attention to what you're doing if you're walking around. Be careful who you meet, uh, go with, or meet. Like there's a bunch of warnings every time you launch the game. That's so I, rather I, sad. I mean, they're, it's all just like covering their ass legally, I'm sure, but yeah. But the fact that that has to be there, you know. Yeah. So uh, uh, is yeah, this a case that uh, maybe we're old? Maybe I'm old. Or maybe I'm not right, hipster enough. Wrong, yeah, just the wrong demographic. For sure. What? Well, a, a game about getting out and walking around, uh, not marketed to a cripple. <laughs> yeah, that or someone who plays real video games. Ooh, shots fired! Yeah, take that, Pokemon Go. I mean, if I wanted to play I mean, Pokemon, uh, yeah, I'd play an actual Pokemon game. Yeah, I've I've told I've told Katie I was like, you know, there's other Pokemon games that are actually real games. <laughs> Uh, maybe you shouldn't phrase it like that so she doesn't get defensive yeah <laughs> she I you know we've we've talked about buying a switch this year at you know Christmas or Black Friday or uh, especially once the uh, the Pokemon RPG comes out on that right yeah well I've, there's one that that's out now it's the like re-release or yeah, yeah the of Yellow. Pikachu Go Eevee Go yeah which has the Pokemon Go system for catching Pokemon out in the wild and then only has the traditional battle system for trainers, trainer battles. Um, so I told her, I was like, that would be a good one to get you into the, the real games because it's got a hybrid <laughs> of the Pokemon Go system. <laughs> and she's like, okay, I, I guess I'd try it if we buy a Switch. I was like, oh, uh, we're getting a Switch. It's just a question of when. I guess whenever you get it, you also have to get her the Pokeball uh, uh, controller. Or have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen that. And no, I'm good. No, 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 it's not for you. It's for her. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. It, it would be for her. She's she's real bad at catching Pokemon in Pokemon Go. She just you just have to like flick it. You just flick the screen and you hit him with a Pokeball and you catch him. And she's got real bad aim. Well, to I be fair, to well, I didn't though. have very good aim, but I also played it for about five minutes. <laughs> so I didn't yeah, have, I, I didn't spend enough time on it to really do anything because I realized, okay, uh, it wants me to go to the far side of town. That's a mile and a half for a Poke Center. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Um. True. So. Yep, that's that's the Pokemans. I don't really have anything else to say about the Pokemans. I mean, it's just... Uh, it's astonishing, but not astonishing that it's that high, you know? Yeah. Part of me is a little shocked that it's that low, especially with it being a mobile game. With how much money it's made? Yeah, because mobile games are just uh, money generators. There, There's a reason why EA put uh, you know, Command & Conquer on mobile instead of making a real game. Yeah. Because that is going to make money hand over fist. Uh, and the fact that they defend it by saying, well, you don't know what you really want. Or, or yeah, it's a mistake to say to think that you want this. Just uh, be honest. This is going to make more money than God. Yep. Because it's a particular play style. It's the uh, tug of war, uh, Clash Royale-esque game. Granted, it's a different screen orientation, but it's the same basic game. And those make stupid amounts of money. Matter of fact, uh, Google. I want to see what's the top earners right now. I imagine it's uh, Pokemon Go, but probably Clash Royale is up there as well. Apps. Uh, now i got to find it on here because... Have it gone to the Play Store in a while? Top charts. Okay, there we go. Uh, top grossing. Ah, that's actually one that I wasn't expecting. Okay, Pokemon Go, then Dragon Ball Z, uh, Duck and Battle, which is a match three game, but it looks like it has okay. some sort of gotcha mechanic. So, uh, then Candy Crush, Marvel, uh. Uh, con- uh, contest of champions, and then Pandora music actually. <laughs> uh, uh, Tinder. I probably don't want to know what you pay for on Tinder. Uh, Slot Mania, Final Fantasy Fifteen, Candy Crush again. A different version of it. Tomb Blast, Clash of Champ, uh, or sorry, yeah, Clash of Clans. Is out of the top ten. That actually surprises me. I didn't realize I'd fallen that far. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm surprised about that because just because mobile games rise and fall all the time, and you know, at the top popularity. Yeah, Clash Royale has actually dropped all the way to thirty on top earners, or top grossing, I should say. So I wonder what's going on with Clash Royale that's caused it to fall that far. Just old. Yeah, but Clash of Clans is the older one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. It's in the top. It's uh barely out of the top ten. So it makes me wonder if they screwed up something. 
but the fact that there's a slot machine game <laughs> in the top uh, 10 earners kind of tells something, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally slots. I mean, at least get the loot boxes in here, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. Moving on to our next news topic. This is one of the ones from last week, uh, which we didn't wind up not covering in the show. Um, Doki Doki Literature Club is blamed for a UK teen's suicide in, obviously, uh, the UK. Uh, <laughs> I've heard some developments about this in the last week, um, just from people. Uh, do you have any links for that? Podcasts that I look at. Or... No, it's just stuff that was talked about on uh, Podquisition. Uh, because Laura Dale uh, went on some UK news program as like their gaming expert to discuss oh, this. Boy. <laughs> uh, she actually said that it was really good. Like um, all three guests that they brought on actually agreed that video games were an art form. Cause like they brought on her, they brought on like the counterpoint person and also like a mom and all three of them were actually Why like, is it you know a- what, video games. Uh, uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, whenever they have the expert panels, why do they always have, uh, one person that's, or I shouldn't say always, but uh, occasionally have the one that's a mother. Congratulations, your uterus works. You're now an expert. Yeah, you're not an expert on parenting because you have a child. I, I mean, I mean not, not how it works. I mean not even yeah, someone from a parents group. They could be an advocate. It's literally a mother. Yeah, it's so it, it's uh, uh now I'm blanking on her name. But crazy va- uh, anti-vac person, uh, actor, uh, uh, actress. Which one? Which one? Uh, actress uh, corrupted Jim Carrey. Uh, made him anti-vac. Uh, 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 but uh, her uh, entire uh, expert uh, expertise is that her child uh, uh, developed autism, and uh, not long after. Uh, being vaccinated. Never mind the fact that usually when they detect, start to detect that is when they start going through the vaccination process, right? Yeah. Usually autism is not detected prior to three to four years of age, and you start getting vaccinated wet before that if you're following proper, you know, vaccination uh, Jenny uh, McCarthy? timelines. Yeah. Okay. That sounds right. Now that you say it, it sounds right, but I couldn't, like, pull it from the depths of my memory. It's getting late. My nap's wearing off, and I didn't drink any coffee on purpose, so I wouldn't have any trouble going to bed tonight. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, her entire ex- uh, expertise of being anti-vac is that uh, her child has autism. Yep, which is not a qualifier for an expert of anything. Except t- uh, taking care of a child with autism. Indeed. In theory. <laughs> Yeah, in theory. <laughs> um, but so anyways, all three of them were like, yeah, video games are art. They did their due diligence with putting warnings before the game. Um, you know, it's very tragic that this kid committed suicide, but you can't just blame this game. Uh, the parents have to take some of the blame because they weren't effectively paying attention to what their kids were doing. Um, and, you know, they didn't have anything up there about other factors which could be contributing. But turned out it was an actual productive discussion on a, like a mainstream news channel in the UK. So who knew Yeah, those things exist. Yeah. And supposedly the sun had uh, several <laughs> facts about the game completely wrong as well. What's surprised that, you know, they're sensationalists. Yeah. 
You know, t- uh, um, talking about the game texting him at one point, which is bullshit. Which, yeah, it doesn't do that. The game tells you to go modify some files, um, but that's part of the game. It's not like you're actually, like, it just tells you, like, to delete a few things and change some stuff, which plays into the way that the story plays out. But it's like, you know, it, it's not texting you. I mean, it's, it's a horror game. I mean, uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. And it makes it very clear at the beginning that that it is, like, there are disturbing things in this game. It tells you right up front. Like, you get several warnings. So. Yeah, are you sure? Those, yeah, this is just one of those things where that people are looking for something to blame. And I get it. Like, I get it. You know? Your, your kid is gone. You're grieving. You don't know where to put it. There's this thing that you don't understand. So that must be the thing that, you know, caught, that pushed your kid over the edge. And honestly, it might have been a thing that contributed to pushing the kid over the edge. Like, I'm not saying that the the media that we consume, video games included, has an effect on us. But one thing is not going to cause someone to uh, take their own life or take the life of another person. It's usually other things um, that all build up and sure, like... There is a chance that Doki Doki Literature Club could have been the sort of tipping point for this kid. Um, like the disturbing imagery could have triggered some sort of episode for him, which made him suicidal. So he took his own life. Um, but it wasn't the game's fault that, you know, that did it. Um, and parents just, you know, are trying to have understand. To be aware that parents have to try and understand what their kids are into, you know, as a parent. Um, thank, you know, my kid's only four at this point, but I have had to go and understand like what our kids shows, what our good kid, like, cause there's good and bad kids TV out there. You know, I try to not let my kid watch, you know, garbage television. Uh, basically uh, a babysitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want TV to be a babysitter for my kid. Um, and I don't want my kid to watch things that aren't appropriate for his age range. And that goes both ways. I don't want him to watch TV shows for babies, because at this point, that could actually retard his development, because uh, you spend too much time on things that are below his level of understanding at this point, and while the brain is developing, that can slow it down um, if you don't continue to move forward with uh, the education process, and, you know, TV in general is not, like, there's a lot of evidence and research that's been put into, like, Baby Einstein and stuff like that and how that it's not actually as effective as people think it is. And that goes for all kids' television. Parents have to be involved. You have to know what your kids are into. You have to do the best that you can to give them the 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 least garbage amount of, of content possible. And you have to know what's appropriate for your kid. And the rating system in general helps, but kids are different. Uh, and develop differently and are affected differently by things. So, and I mean, yes, kids are always going to find ways to get into things that you don't want them to. I'm not trying to say that you lock down your kid completely, but if you, if you're more engaged as a parent, this sort of thing is less likely to happen in general. So yeah, the game is not to be blamed. It's, it gives you all those warnings up front and it's a really interesting uh in-depth look at suicide and some other things when appropriately interacted with by the right audience 
uh, a mature enough audience to do so. So, yep. Do you have any? I always uh, ask you. Do you have any questions? Not, do you want me to? Not really. Explain something I, a little I, I think uh, a lot of this is just uh, sensationalist media trying to really paint video games as bad, and yeah. uh, a fair amount of this is either misleading or yeah, trying to just stir up controversy because that sells newspapers. Yeah, I mean the headline for the Sun, which yeah was a. Yeah, a, essentially a rag in uh, the UK is Kid Killer Inside Twisted Doki Doki Literature uh, Club Game, which parents said calls suicide, and they put suicide in quotes, by the way, like suicide of their children. And it's hor- horrifyingly easy to get a hold of. Yeah. So a, a lot of this was just stirred up by, you know, them. It, Either through malice or just uh, not fact-checking their uh, article. Yeah. running with it. Uh, But it is a sad thing overall that this happened. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, it's all on the sun uh, for writing this article because, yeah, there is a death in this. But... But at the same time, it's the parents trying to understand the you know, something that happened that it's just unimaginable, you know, the grief of a parent. Yeah. And trying to find something to blame when sometimes, you know, this is probably going to sound callous, but, you know, things happen. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. You know, sometimes life happens sometimes bad things happen um, and there's nothing we can do about it except just pick up the pieces and do the best we can um and you know like i said before i totally get it i totally get wanting to put the blame somewhere wanting to put those feelings somewhere i deal with it all the time with people uh in my you know in my career um so i understand it and then, you know, I understand why the media latches onto it, but, you know, it's just, that's not the way that it, it actually is, you know? So. So, shall we uh, move on to a, a much lighter topic? Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, and another one of my topic. Uh, psychologists and scholars condemn the WHO classifying gaming disorder as an addiction. So, this one, um, I think I, I think I made some of these points when I talked about this the first time. But what this is going into is there are a group of, you know, this group of people who are speaking out against the WHO listing uh, gaming ad- addiction um, as an official diagnosis uh, or, or gaming disorder as an official diagnosis in um, the ICD codes. Uh and they have some valid points, you know, saying like, well, you know, basically you could say you're addicted to anything, but we don't have addiction diagnoses for everything. Um, or why not cat addiction? <laughs> that, yeah. That's in uh, this, by the way, which, you know, we've seen the crazy cat lady. So, yeah, um, 
they say that okay so i'm just gonna actually i'm just gonna work my way down from what they have with you know counterpoints yeah the different so bullet points their first bullet point is they say 30 years of research has not clearly defined what constitutes video game addiction um there's actually three things tied to research. Research doesn't indicate if the disorder is not just a symptom of other mental health issues and that research, the researchers had poor transparency on that third point, poor transparency. I have no idea. I haven't reviewed all of the research. I have done a fair amount of research for like, um, into gaming related disorders myself. That was what I did my master's thesis on, um, video, you know, the psychology of video games, which included addiction and things like that. Um, I, based on what I've researched, I haven't seen any lack of transparency. You know, there's solid research out there and shitty research out there for a lot of things. Um, so I'm not sure how valid this one is. And it's difficult to check a lot of the research because a lot of these journals and things you have to pay a subscription to. And the reason I was able to do all the research, because at the time when I was in college, I had access to all these journals through my, my university. Yeah, and I imagine the journals um, aren't cheap. No, they are not cheap. Um, so, you know, I, I can't really speak to that one. That could potentially be a valid point, but I mean, I have seen good research out there on it too. So my hands are kind of, you know, I don't know on that one. Um, the first one research of nearly 30 years, like there's stuff that gets researched for decades all the time. So this could potentially be a valid point, but also it's kind of a non point, um, you know, research for things goes on for decades and decades and decades. We're still doing research on some experiments where that were conducted in the fifties and sixties, trying to revalidate them and see just as better research methods and techniques and technology have been developed. Just seeing if we can replicate the the results to validate them. So that one's again, that kind of a non point. The one in the middle though, indicating that the disorders, maybe not just another symptom of other mental health issues. Um, Possibly, but my response to that is that you have to sort of walk that line with every addiction disorder, even alcohol and drugs. Lots of times they are a symptom or what's known as a maladaptive coping mechanism to deal with, you know, depression or anxiety or PTSD or whatever. It's like, you know, a lot of people, for example, a pretty common one is like, I can't sleep because of the nightmares I have. So I drink to sleep. And, you know, without the proper context, you could just say, oh, that person's an alcoholic. They drink, you know, every night until they pass out. Um, but really, that's a symptom of, you know, some sort of trauma, uh, PTSD, or anxiety-related disorder. So, you know, on the one hand, sure. But on the other hand, it's one of those things, like, the clinicians and the people who are doing the diagnosing have to do what's called differential diagnosis and figure out is this a symptom of another problem or is it the problem itself? So we have these other addiction disorders for when those are the problem. And I would say that, you know, just like somebody could be an alcoholic or a drug addict, someone could potentially be a gaming addict. And it's just a problem as opposed to being a symptom. So I think that that sort of invalidates that response that they have to it. Uh, treating behavior. So the next, the next bullet point treating behavior is though it's similar to substance abuse is a, a poor place to start, which can offer bias to the result. Again, I think I just answered or, you know, rebutted this one with my previous statement, like sure, maybe, but it's our job as clinicians, you know, psychologists, counselors, psychiatrists, doctors, to some extent to do the differential diagnosis and figure out, you know, 
Is this a problem or is this a symptom of another problem? Um, next bullet point, research suggests the addiction is unstable. Most of those with high symptoms at one point in time being resolved several months later with no treatment. Uh, you can see that with other addictions. It's less likely with drugs and alcohol, um, but sometimes people's addictions resolve themselves or they re you know, resolve themselves to fix their addiction. Uh, again, that goes to you know diagnosing. Um, or, you know, sorting it out and figuring out why, you know, maybe there was something else that was going on in their life that was causing them to behave or, you know, to act like they were addicted and that area of their life is now resolved and it's not a problem anymore. And you see that with drugs and alcohol and gambling addiction, sex addiction. Like sometimes it happens. That's their coping mechanism and that behavior raises until a stressor is gone. Uh, let's see, next bullet point, they propose that individuals that overdo gaming are no different than individuals who overdo sex, food, work, exercise, etc. This is the whole, uh, you know, anything could be an addiction. And that's true. And it, when diagnosing, we actually have codes to indicate um, addictive behavior to things other than drugs or alcohol. And, you know, video games currently are included in that code. Personally, I don't see a problem with having a specific video game uh, related disorder to put as opposed to the more general one that basically says this person is exhibiting addictive tendencies to something other than drugs or alcohol uh, or gambling or sex because there's specifiers for those um, but that comes down to you know back to what I was saying before you know do you want it uh, more spe specific or not and I'm a big fan of having specificity but you know I could say could see someone's argument for this like this falls into a much more general sort of thing. It doesn't affect the brain the same way that drugs and alcohol do. Uh, a little bit closer to gambling. And then sex addiction also is its own own animal. Uh, do you think this um, uh, is uh, just uh, you like this uh, being in there because of how you uh, see your patients? And you uh, want to be able to look at the chart and uh, be able to read it a lot easier? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I make this argument all the time to the people that, you know, I work with in the clinic that sometimes I'm having to read their charts or whatever. And it, it makes it really difficult whenever they just put um, either a ton of things that aren't very specific or, you know, broad categories of disorders with no specifiers. on. Uh, them. So bitch like, be crazy. It shouldn't be on the chart. <laughs> yeah. That should not be on the chart in the comment section uh, next to one of the diagnoses. But you know, there, there are like, there's a category for every diagnosis that's, you know, whatever unspecified presentation. Well, thanks. That's not helpful at all. You know, you're basically just saying they're suffering from, like, major depression or major depressive disorder, severe, unspecified presentation. Okay, so they're sad a lot is what you're saying. You know, that doesn't tell me anything about symptomology. That doesn't tell me, like, for example, are they having psychotic features? Or is this a repetitive episode? Is this a one-time thing that they've been experiencing? Are you using that to, um, for what should be adjustment disorder, which means that, you know, basically something really bad happened and they're feeling depressed because of it and they don't meet the other criteria for, like, major depressive disorder or something. Like, sp being as specific as possible is really helpful. Uh, whenever you have five minutes to look over a chart before you're meeting someone for the first time. So I like the idea of it being in there as a way to specify what their addiction is. Because you can just put 
on someone's chart, for example, there's a, a code for uh, addictive behavior. Okay, addictive behavior to what? Everything? A specific thing? And you can go and write comments in, but very rarely do people, at least in my experience, go in and write comments on stuff. I do whenever I have to use something that's a little more specific. Um, but you mean not general? everybody does. Like addictive? What? Well, you said specific, so uh, I was just wanting clarification. Like, uh, uh, whenever you have addictive uh, uh, behavior, uh, you write in then, not just uh, if it was game a uh, uh, gambling uh, disorder, right? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> someone has addictive, like, if someone has an addictive personality, um, there's not really a code for that. That's just sort of you know shorthand for saying like I easily become addicted to things i'm addicted to being addicted (laughs) so you know you could you could put i was just uh wanting a little clarification on that improving that i'm listening (laughs) indeed indeed uh anyways the next bullet point the who's obsessive focus in response to moral panic i'm not quite sure where the moral panic is Maybe something that I'm not seeing in Europe because I don't have, you know, an ear to the ground. <laughs> or the maybe bear, they're but... referring to other things. Yeah, I feel like the main moral panic for video games happened in the 90s all the way up to the early 2000s. But at this point, so many people who have grown up with video games are now adults who have at least some basic knowledge of it. And in general, don't give a shit about more standard forms of media, just as the world has, you know, changed and things have changed. So. I don't see where the moral panic is to this, but you know, that is something that could be very subjective and I'm not going to just say that write that one off completely. Maybe they have some sort of experience that I don't have because of a difference in age or where they live or something like that. Uh, concern that little or to no further research will be done is, is the next bullet point. I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. As far as I know, we, constantly and continually you're researching like everything all the time um you know i i'm i listen to a couple of psychology podcasts i've uh, i'm on a couple of psychology related subreddits um i follow a lot of uh, i'm i'm a member of the aamft which is the american association for marriage and family therapists and they have uh things that they post about research that that they're doing and that, um, you know, like there's all kinds of stuff that's, I mean, we're still researching depression and anxiety and how it affects people. And we've known that those have existed for hundreds of years, even before psychology was a thing. So I just don't see that being a problem. Um, the next bullet point, those who enjoy the habit healthily will receive scrutiny for their hobby. I mean, we already do for one <laughs> and number two like there's always people who are going to scrutinize people's hobbies when they don't agree with them like most people who uh, in my personal experience most people who are the more outdoorsy type uh, criticize people who enjoy video games movies books i know i've criticized people oh uh, look for- we got a reader here I've criticized people for their hobbies too. Like I try not to do that now, but I have in the past and I I'm human. I probably still sometimes will like, I feel like this is a non-argument because lots of people are going to criticize people for their hobbies, no matter how healthily 
they pursue them, either because they don't understand or perceived cultural bias against that particular hobby. So that doesn't really seem like much of an argument to me. Um, And then the final point, diagnoses may even be used to control and restrict children under the guise of helping them. Um, This one is the most concerning one to me, where I see the most valid point. Um, Just because, number one, misdiagnoses can lead to people, more rare, but can lead to people winding up in these circumstances where they are not getting the help that they need. Um, people who are misdiagnosed with addiction sometimes wind up in, you know, rehab facilities or really strict programs when addiction is not their problem. They're not receiving treatment for their primary problem. Um, that's more rare, but it still happens. The biggest danger here is that you see these fringe groups will start using this to and to set up, you know, video game rehab centers or whatever programs, which they make mention of in, in the paragraphic, you know expanding upon the just the bullet point that I read. Um, and that could be a problem. But those already existed. And they things like that will always exist in, uh, you know, in a society where we have people who take things to the extreme. Um, and I think that's human nature in a lot of ways. So I don't really know how to get rid of these things. I'm not aware if there were like movie addiction type treatments or anything um in the past like i suspect if there were they were presented as some kind of like church thing i wouldn't be surprised if it was a religious thing um just because psychology was not the the field that it is today back in the 20s 30s and 40s when i suspect there would have been the most likely opportunities for that to happen but you know you see church groups and typically ultra conservative groups of any sort put up like these type of camps and things, um, camps, rehab centers, whatever you want to call them. So, I mean, that is a concern and this would give them more ammunition, but everything that you do has pros and cons. Um, and I'm willing to accept the con, uh, the, the cons in, con! favor of, in favor of how useful the specificity of this diagnosis can be. Um, and just continue to raise awareness and education among people in the profession um at least now my industry is dominated by older people who have been there for a while um and people who typically still are less uh inclined to be gamers um two factors to that and i swear i'm not being sexist but the my industry is primarily dominated by women at this point Um, And while there are rising numbers of women playing video games, uh, the people who are entering the the field now and for the last decade still come from a generation where gaming was less targeted towards women. You know, people who grew up with me in the 90s and the early 2000s, you know, gaming was – video games were something for boys. You know, that's how they were marketed and advertised. So there's still a generation of probably 75% of the people coming into the field – are female, which means they're less likely to have experience with video games. So having the specificity of the diagnosis would help them uh, have to educate themselves uh, on video games and... In um, video game logic? <laughs> yes, in video game logic and how they, you know, affect people. So I, I think the benefits outweigh 
the the negatives at this point. And by the time it's not an issue, it'll it'll just be one of those things that people understand more openly and more normally. And then it's just a diagnosis that exists that when occasionally you need it, you've got it. And I mean, you know, there could be cause to take it out one day too. There have been diagnoses that have been removed or changed over the years um, as our understanding grows or our culture changes. Um, so I just, I just don't see enough of a problem with putting it in to raise a big stink about putting actually it in, we, you know, about putting it in. Yeah. So there we go. That's uh, a Jared, two Jared psychology segments in a row. Yeah, maybe we should have uh, planned this out a little bit better so your throat was, uh, isn't absolutely torn to pieces. It's okay. I'm doing okay right now. My throat was a little sore when we started anyways. Just what were you doing so, with your throat? I don't know. I woke up from my nap and my throat was sore. I probably I'm not, sa- I'm not saying it was aliens, but it's aliens. Aliens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, wait, wait. That would be the other end. That would be sore. Wink. Um... So yeah, that was our last news topic. Unless you have any questions or uh, comments, not or really, I mean, <laughs> this is really uh, your field of expertise. Well, well not really. It literally. is. <laughs> it's literally my field of expertise. Uh, when I've, I've went to school for nearly a decade for this shit. Yeah, uh, turns out, uh, yeah, that degree is finally paying off. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Well, uh, good thing. Like to, my t- good thing you didn't go to MIT. Otherwise, you'd just be uh, uh, qualified to push a button. I know. Yeah, staying there quietly. <laughs> my, yeah, my two degrees and multiple certifications finally pays off. Still, still working on getting that license, though. <laughs> then you can finally soon try. I'll, yeah, soon, soon, I'll, <laughs> soon I'll be licensed to talk about this shit. <laughs> I have enough training and education and experience, though, to qualify as an expert witness in a court case, if that has any, you know, bearing or meaning to anyone's opinion on on what I have to say. Also, you could legally say in a court of law, that bitch be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. I prob- I shouldn't do that, but I could. Uh, Now, Mr. Author, is that your professional diagnosis or (laughs) (laughs) bitch be cray well yes that is my official diagnosis if you have to ask i put that in as other and then wrote it in the comment box (laughs) oh Uh, so moving on yeah uh, real quick we don't really have anything for the community corner because we don't have anything for the community corner, so if you wish to fill out the community corner, even though we probably should have done a question now that I think about it. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, next week if we don't have anything, but if you wish to you know, make it so it's not just a uh, your uh, listener question or viewer question, depending on where you are, bglpodcast at gmail.com or podcast on the Twitter. And uh, when we hit the theme song, I'm going to go jump in the elevator real quick. All right. Sounds good. So elevator music, then the theme song for a little bit of doobly-doo with the Discovery Q. All right. Well, that doobly-doo has been running for the Discovery Q while we went on our break. So ready to dive in? See what we can come up with. Yeah, and I'm um, already on mine. And oh, well, 
Uh, I got an interesting one. And that's usually yeah, good enough for me to stop. Agony. Uh, its big marketing thing was tits. Yay, tits. Uh, supposedly, uh, it's a first-person survival horror set in hell. And there was a little bit of backlash uh, uh, to this uh, because they originally was going to be completely uncensored. Then they decided to censor some portion of one of the endings. And supposedly it's not very good. (laughs) It's, uh, it has mixed on steam and, you know, that's usually a bad sign whenever it's mixed, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely for a certain audience. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, yeah, they were originally going to have a, 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 a patch to make the game completely uncensored, but they also canceled that, which also pissed some people off. Uh, it just, honestly, it doesn't look like my game. I'm sure that there's someone out there that you know, it's for, and just not for me. Yeah. But, but, but right now to look at it. Oh, this game. This game. I've heard nothing but bad things about this game. I'm not sure why it has mixed reviews. Because everything I've Tits. heard from everybody says that it's just way excessive and over the top and it doesn't use any of its nudity or anything properly. It's just there for its mm-hmm. sake, you know? Um, which, yeah. I've, I, I like my tits in games, but if you're going to do, like, weird vagina monsters... Yeah, didn't uh, Yahtzee say that all the doors are vaginas in this game? Uh, might have been Yahtzee. It also might have been Jim Sterling. He's had... Well, well, I remember, well I remember being uh, uh, on Zero Punctuation, I think. Okay, may, uh, maybe it was. I'm not sure. Uh, that's the only reason why I go to the escapists nowadays. <laughs> Granted, that's about all the content they have on the Escapist, so. Yeah, I just I just watch them on Yahtzee's YouTube channel. Well, that's, They're like a week or two Well, well behind, that's not but... Yahtzee's YouTube channel. That's the Escapist. <laughs> uh, well, then that, I watch them on the yeah, Escapist YouTube channel. You know what? They channel. may as well give the keys to the kingdom to Yahtzee. He's the, he's the, he's the battle royale winner. <laughs> he's the one that, that survived. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh... Yeah, this doesn't look like a game that I would enjoy in general. Like, it's kind of weird horror mm-hmm. game, and I don't do horror games. I don't really do horror anything. Yeah, I prefer my horror being psychological, not uh, yeah, gore-based. But go on. Uh, what's yours? I see you have one on the list. Oh, yeah. Um, Garrison Archangel. It's a multi- PvP multiplayer mecha fighting game. Um, yeah, and, you know I'm all about I'm all I like mechs and mecha. I think I saw this on so. Keymailer. I've played a game like this before in it, I think the arcade. Yeah, I think I. Oh God, 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I don't think I put in a for review code on this because it's uh, multiplayer focused, and yeah, you know, that tends to be either yeah you know, it takes off really well or yeah you know, nobody ever plays it. Yeah, um, if it's got it's in early access right now, so if it winds up having any single player component besides just like fighting the ai i'd go for it you know even if it was just like uh some sort of like tournament system or whatever it's like oh be the champion and it just lays that over top of the the battle system as long as it's a good good game i'd be down for that 
Yeah. I don't know. It was on Key Mailer, though. I'll put I, I'm key. pretty sure I saw it. If not, then I saw something very similar to it. Yeah, I'll, I'll play anything if I get it for free. Why not? Yeah, I got one that isn't even available for sale yet and doesn't have the... Uh, 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 price or even a, a release date on it. Uh, so I had to go looking for it a little bit. Center Sacrifice for Redemption. Uh, I, I, it seems like I'm getting a theme here going. Uh, this is, uh, according to this, an action RPG boss battler. So, uh, either Dark Souls-esque, but I'm going to say almost, uh, yeah, uh, now I'm uh, blanking on the uh, name. We did it, Game Club, and we hated it. PlayStation 2 game. Shadow of the Colossus. Um, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, I, I blinked on the name for uh, for a second. Even though the uh, something similar to that, only it doesn't look like it's nearly the scale, but you know, it's all based around fighting individual bosses. And But supposedly each boss weakens you. So you start off with your uh, strongest and it progressively levels you down. I've seen a few games like that. Interesting. Uh, not quite abilities, though, where, you know, you start off with all your abilities and then it strips you and you regain them. It's interesting. It doesn't look like it's going to be on sale anytime soon. I'm not sure when the release date is for this. Yeah. Yeah, it, there's no release date on this at all, but... Uh, interesting. Yeah. So, I got another one, just based on you talking about, or having Tex Murphy as one of your games uh -huh. earlier. This is an FMV detective game called Visitor. Um, not really a ton about it, aside from you're trying to solve a murder case. Uh, looks uh, like where... it's either Johnny, uh, Chinese or Japanese, just based on, you know, once again, the kanji on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm sure that there's an easy way to you know, be able to just differentiate the two, but I can't do it. Yeah, I can't either. It, it looks like it's got a little bit of her story in it as well, um, just based on some of like the HUD elements and like just watching the quick little trailer. So maybe inspired by her story, um, doing a full F&B game. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Looks neato. Yeah, okay, neato I got one that breaks my theme. Okay. Uh, and I'm uh, scroll down to Nova Flow, first-person uh, platformer, which is usually a bad sign uh, because first-person uh, precision platforming it can be very difficult. But it's given me uh, this uh, similar to Portal, as in original Portal. And watching the trailer for this, it's interesting. It looks like you're. Uh, based around some sort of, uh, I don't want to call it a portal gun, but some sort of gun-based uh, first-person platforming, which is interesting. It looks like it's also based around, um, not quite speedrunning, but some sort of rhythm-based uh, platforming, which could work for yeah. uh, first-person if it's more based on you know, doing the rhythm properly instead of precision platforming. It looks like it's some sort of, you know, s switching colors just based on the uh, trailer. It's fairly cheap, though. Uh, seven bucks, so. 40 levels, speedrun mode. 
yeah, uh, first person uh, speedrunning platformer ba- uh, built upon finding a balance in the rhythm of mechanics of the game. So yeah, a more rhythm based first person platformer, which is an interesting mechanic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I also got something that's interesting in first person, or it looks interesting. Eximius sees the front line. Oh dear God! This is a an FPS RTS hybrid, um, where that you can swap back and forth between like a, a commander tactical view and a first person shooter view. I've seen a few games like this mm-hmm. in the past. I've played a couple and have enjoyed them. Um, and I, I always like stuff like this that like lets you swap between two different completely or two completely different gameplay styles. Um, just you know, I just find it fun and interesting. So hopefully, it's it's a good game. It's not even out yet. It's releasing in September. Uh, well, releasing in, in, into yeah. early access in September. So you know, no clue on whether or not it's going to be any good or not. But I like concepts like this, and it doesn't. The screenshots don't make look make it look half bad, which yes, I know you can't necessarily trust all of that stuff, but it at least is taking the time to make itself look decent. And compared to a lot of the shit that shows up on Steam nowadays, that's that gives it a few points. Yeah, something that looks at least halfway bat. decent, it, it, yeah, is already above the bar, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm at the. Yeah, it looks like they gave a shit. Yeah, I'm at the end of my queue. Uh. This this is the last game in my queue as well, so all all done. All, yeah, all well, done, I, I skipped a, uh, a horse game because it, it looked too horrendous. <laughs> Was it the horse MMO? Um, I don't think so. Or like the horse farm MMO? It was some sort of horse riding simulator, and for some reason it was giving me to that because I had F one. <laughs> Uh, racing, two okay. versions of it. Was it My Riding Stables, Life with Horses? Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, that's... Okay, it's not an MMO. I saw that um, when I did one of the discovery queues for trading cards. It, it, it was it was sale. too horrendous. No. It, it looked bad. It looked bad. It's It looks real bad, but... It, even for a horse I, game. I put it on my wish list. Of course you did. You gotta start rebuilding your numbers, right? I gotta start. Re- I gotta get those like three hundred games back. I still am not done going through and taking stuff off of my wish list. That's an undertaking that's gonna take months, if not years. Now, now, now but, here's the question: What's gonna take longer, you cleaning your wish list or me actually sorting my a library? We'll see. Because I I start it and then I just yeah you know, fall off of it. Then a couple of weeks go by. Yeah, I need to. Can, I need to finish sorting my library again. Like I sorted it once, all the way before, and then I bought games and gotten bundles and gotten stuff from Keymailer and haven't properly sorted it. So I've got probably fifty or sixty games I need to sort right now. But I mean, I've had hundreds down there in the list that need to be sorted, and it took me months to go through and do that. Just a little bit here and there. So that's that's what I'm doing with my wish list, though. Going through here and there. Every so often, a couple games here, a couple games there, you know, review and remove. And then remember to mark is not interested so it doesn't show up in the <laughs> discovery queue. I had whole discovery queues during the Steam sale and I was like, I removed all these games from my wish list. 
and just, I guess, forgot to mark them as not interested, or maybe there was like an error with my connection or something, and I just didn't catch it when it was like, oh, it's oh you probably try again later to do this thing. You probably didn't think it was important to not uh, to mark it as not interesting until it started popping up again. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't think about it at first. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But I mean, if. Of course, they're no longer on my wish list, so they're going to show up again at some point in the Discovery queue. Oh, but that's hilarious. Uh, uh, you removed this from your wish list. Do you want to add this to your wish list? Do you want to put it back? No. Are you sure? Oh my god, you can decorate your horses to look like a unicorn! I didn't even notice uh -oh. that. Bye. Right now. Bye. Bye. No. <laughs> Bye now. No, uh, uh -oh. no. Wait, we still have to do the interwebs. Indeed. So, welcome to the portion of the podcast where I go first on all of our little lists of things. If you want to find me on the YouTube's, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist, where I post random things when I have time to work on them that make me happy. I guess this really tells you, uh, just how much content you're putting out right now. Indeed. <laughs> and when we get co-op stuff prepared, it goes up. I mean, it's mostly just the podcast, um, and whenever you do co-op stuff at this point, I just, I, I got to a point where I just do things that make me happy. And if I'm interested in doing something and it makes me happy to do it, then I'll do it and put it out. Otherwise, I just stick to the podcast and what we do. But those things make me happy. The podcast and our co-op stuff that we do makes me happy. So let's go up on my channel. Uh, Twitch, though. Does that make you happy? Twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. And uh, there's a chance that we're live on Twitch right now. Not live, but using the Twitch Premiere system, where I regularly post and upload the videos. And the previous week's video plays live on Tuesday night while we record wait, wait, the wait, 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 wait. Yeah, uh, we're not live right yeah, now. Does that mean we're dead? We're Yeah, we're dead. Or, or we're the undead Kerbalcast. Yes, we're zombie curl cast. I forgot. I forgot to. It's uploaded. I forgot to set it live because I took my nap when I got home today instead of setting it up, which is what I usually do um, before we have dinner and I hang out with my kid and stuff. But I actually wound up taking a nap today. I'm not gonna go into the whole reasons on the podcast. I already told you about it. Oh my! But yeah, so I forgot to set it up today. But I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll put it up tomorrow. And if you're listening to this on on Twitch, hello. Leave a comment, uh, interact in the chat if there's anybody there. Yeah, it, even if there's not. Yeah, maybe we should be pulling go, stuff from the chat there. Should go see if there's anything that's been that showed up in the chat there. Because I usually just do it, fire it, forget it, and then don't go back and check on it unless somebody like I get a message and need to respond to it. But if you want to be want to follow me on Twitter and see all of the things that I tweet about, you can do so by following at JMA four seven zero seven on Twitter. I was talking about being manly this weekend. Uh, I fixed my toilet, did a bunch of yard work. Got wait, you know, what did you do to your toilet? Out. No, wait, wait, wait. I, I, take, I changed my mind. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I fixed it. I fixed it. Um, I felt very manly. Although, to be honest, I, I like the days when I had a landlord more. I'd just call them and be like, hey, this <laughs> is broke. Fix uh, it. Get Jimbo Instead in. I to fix it myself. Uh, that, that's actually but, the name of uh, the maintenance guy here, Jimbo. Nice. My uh, my old maintenance man at my old apartment, his name was Jim, as too. No, but maybe it, <laughs> maybe it's a, gym, a lot of gyms in the world. Maybe it's a guild of some sort. Uh, what does that mean? I have to join? 
Uh, never mind. Yes, you have to become a maintenance man. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I was tweeting about this weekend. Um, and I tweeted about, <laughs> what was it today? How did it go? Penis sleeves? Although that wasn't like something I directly tweeted, like I was re- replying to someone. But yeah, the phrase penis sleeve was mentioned several times by me on Twitter today in response to uh, a friend of mine. Who that's basically how we communicate with each other is via Twitter. I, I was going to say what via penis sleeves. Yeah. And, and here uh, I was expecting that to be a Trump related thing. Nope, it wasn't. It was just a thing that came up uh, having to do with something that. So she's trans and is an refers to herself as an ex Christian and how people that she used to know and be friends with and stuff who still are Christian are attacking her and trying to get her to, to, to repent from her sinful ways and go back to being a man and, and things. Uh, and there was, I forget exactly how she described it, but a book that they kept trying to get her to read. And I was like, I, on the one hand, I want to know more about this, like this group and this book. But on the other hand, I feel like I would just waste my time. And like, she summarized the whole thing in a single tweet (laughs) And was like, they basically call women penis sleeves. I was like, great. I'm now integrating that into my vocabulary for forever. And so I posted several tweets about penis sleeves. And I had some downtime at work. And I, like, was putting things in my mouth and saying penis sleeves with penis-shaped things in my mouth. I I was having a a grand old time. So you were doing your uh, Trump impersonation. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, now like now I'm blanking on who called uh, him uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, cock holster. I didn't know that was a thing, but I'm very happy that that's a thing. <laughs> so yeah, that was yeah. That's that's Twitter. All of that to say at JMA four seven four seven zero seven on Twitter because yeah. Also, if you want to be my friend on Steam, my username is jarthur four seven zero seven. For some reason, at this point. <laughs> From people on Steam and love to chat with you when we get a chance, whenever you see me online. If you see me online and it's the middle of the work day, maybe I'm just sitting there doing some paperwork and wouldn't mind a, a quick message from someone. Feel free to, and, to chat me uh, up. And of course, uh, the password for this week has to be penis sleeve. <laughs> yeah, it does. I had something else picked out, but no, no, we can't have pe- uh, anything but penis sleeve at this point. <laughs> yep. If you're listening today, thanks, Wilkie. For that you know anyone that gets the, a hold of the uh, uh password list at this point is probably like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would have been their response before now but that's definitely like double down on the the what the fuck now well especially the last three i mean we have kiddo ketchup and penis sleeve <laughs> <laughs> Kiddo, catch up penis sleeve. Catch up with penis sleeve. I'm pretty sure that's a rap lyric. <laughs> yes, which I will not attempt to perform for everyone's uh mental health. I will not perform that rap. And I'm very thankful for that. Indeed. So what about <laughs> you, buddy? Uh what's going on with your interwebs? Oh, well, I didn't get everything going that I wanted to. I have Rage, the first episode of it recorded, but I was just, got tired. 
And I have to say, going through the uh, uh, first part of that game with all my launch options actually in place now, it's a lot easier whenever it doesn't have massive mouse acceleration. <laughs> uh, uh, the beginning of the game, I was really struggling because uh, whenever you go into a game with mouse acceleration, it's you, know, you can feel it, but you can't feel the degree of it until you've actually played the game for a bit. Yeah. So I was, you know, firing wildly in my, you know, playtesting just to you know, make sure the game was working. Which for rage, it, working is a relative term <laughs> because, oh, that's a horrendous port. Uh, but going through it again with the mouse acceleration uh, disabled, I was headshotting things like left and right with a pistol and just killing them in two or three shots. And, uh, it has that, you know, uh, things are bullet spongy enough where, you know, shooting someone in the back of the head, does it kill them outright? Uh, so there's this moment of, you know, there's this mutant, uh, just sitting there, you know, doing what mutants do, shooting him in the back of the head and he's, uh, and he turns around, what? <laughs> like that's some sort of greeting form. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it should, uh, be out by the, uh, time the, uh, the podcast comes out. The first episode's already recorded. I just had to do my thumbnails and everything. And I, I, I got it done sun, uh, Sunday night, uh, but wasn't able to upload it till early morning on Monday. So just the timing was off to be able to get it going yesterday. So didn't yeah. get that done. You know, it happens. Uh, RimWorld did happen though. That's, uh, recorded. And we actually, uh, since we spoke of Jim, Jim showed up in the RimWorld. And, uh, he turns out he's abrasive. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I love it when, uh, you know, things kind of line up. I, I don't think that's uh, being mean saying that Jim could be abrasive, right? Ah, uh, he can be. I, I just got I I've, just got I've, a good giggle out of it, you know. I've I've always liked Jim, but he's grown on me a lot since we've been playing Star Wars RPG together. Although Jim can be quite pervy, <laughs> so like su- surprising even me. I it, during Star Wars RPG night, I tend to not be pervy because I get into character, but Jim quite pervy. Or or is his character too, Or is but... his character the perv? Uh, good question. Why not both? Uh, but yeah, uh, RimWorld's still ongoing. Um, uh, actually hit episode 50, uh, the day the podcast comes out. So yeah, <laughs> a lot of RimWorld. Uh, actually, it's kind of funny. I had someone from my Ghostbusters Let's Play, uh, subscribe. And then, yeah, RimWorld 49 comes out, and I see unsubscribe, so I imagine it's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> or at least I like to think it, you know, like, oh, this person uh, uh, plays games. Oh, oh shit, uh, RimWorld 49? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, and uh, Spin Tires Mud Runner, we're building up the episodes uh we would have had two recorded this week but we ended up just sitting and uh you know gossiping <laughs> yeah we spent over an hour did we make it to two hours just talking yeah, before yeah. we were like you know we should probably record something yeah maybe we should uh, start recording then just sitting gossip <laughs> and have some sort of actual content in that <laughs> and that instead of 
you know, nearly flipping our trucks or you, in your case, actually flipping the, uh, a truck that I thought was pretty much impossible to flip over. You found a way. Nope. I flipped it right over. <laughs> no problem. But, but you didn't stick the landing. I did not stick. I did stick the landing. It was just on, you know, the side instead of the the tires. Although, like I told you last night, I'd rather hang out with my friend than just never talk about anything and make content. Oh, really? Who are you talking with? I'm talking with you, silly. Don't you be like that, little mister. Spanking Tom? I mean, if you want to. <laughs> Uh, and the Sunday sampler didn't return this week because I actually had a visitor and ended up uh, chatting for a while. And it was another week of nothing really coming out because of the Steam Summer Sale and not diving far enough in my backlog to find anything interesting. Granted, uh, Dead Cells is coming out early access in a, a few weeks, so maybe I should go and take another look at that because it seems to have had quite a few changes. So that's going to be on the docket, most likely, and also, you know, maybe some actual games that come out recently. <laughs> I actually ha- yeah. have one that has an embargo on Monday. I'm going to have to take a look at that. That's so an embargo at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so I imagine that's launch time. I always have a kind of mixed feelings or whatever. There's a game that has the embargo literally when it launches. But well, we've talked about embargoes before. Yeah. Uh, they're not inherently a bad thing, but they can be a bad thing. Yeah. Yep, we've had that conversation, I think, twice. Yeah. Just, uh, At least on air. Yeah. Maybe even more off, off air. Yeah, uh, need to look to see what uh, is actually coming out in the next uh, few weeks, because summertime's already slow, and around the Steam Summer Sale, people don't want to release for some crazy reason on PC. I can't imagine why. You know, something about, you know, getting lost in all the madness of the, uh, the you know, praising of Gaben. Indeed. Uh, so, it's naturally a drought, and it's made even worse so. so mm. uh, and just... And, uh, gotten uh, content that I've been really happy with. So, I haven't put it out. Trying to have some sem- uh, semblance of quality. Outside of RimWorld, at least. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, my YouTube channel. You can find it all over at Gaming with Caffeine Rage, or see me tweet occasionally over on the Twitter Gaming with Cr. I haven't tweeted in a few days. Maybe I should, you know, uh, make some sort of. Uh, I would say witty comment, but uh, that's too much uh, trouble right now. <laughs> uh but yeah, that is it for us. But the podcast also has a Twitter which is VGL Podcast, or you can email us vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, uh, gaming-related topics, or your uh, questions, which we should have done this week, but didn't think of it until <laughs> we were halfway through the show. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, but hey, we got the two-and-a-half-hour two, hour, two and a half hour mark, so that's good enough, right? Yeah. Uh, and if it's good enough for you, maybe help pay for the podcast. Patreon.com slash Podcast, which has paid for our Podbean account, VGLpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the RSS feed, the show notes, or if you want to yo know, catch us somewhere else, you could do so iTunes, Google Play, uh, both of our YouTube channels, uh, Twitch, which is a week behind, or wherever Jared has stuck us, which we probably don't want to know about. 
like Spreaker. That's still broken, by the way, but, you know, I just like to say Spreaker. It's a fun word. Yeah, you sound broken whenever you say it. It sounds like you're trying to say squeaker, but you've uh, tripped over yourself. <laughs> Spreaker. Spreaker. Or it still sounds like a noise that uh, 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 Jerry Lewis would make as you're beating him to death. Or a cat. <laughs> as you're beating it to death. What about Jerry Lewis with a cat? Be Beating... You're beating Jerry Lewis, who is beating a cat to death? Yes. And... Uh, our end of an outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod, and our Discovery Q music is doobly doo by the same artist. His work can be found at incomputech.com and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. Uh, see you next time. You know, maybe it's also, it sounds like your voice is trying to break when you're saying uh, squeaker or squeaker. Squeaker. Or, or squeaker. at least that one time squeaker, you squeaker. had some sort of a weird, uh, like, squeak, at least in my ear. I have those sometimes. I haven't gone through puberty yet. My voice breaks occasionally. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> well uh, maybe someday. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but that would require you to grow up. Nope. <laughs> Never going to happen. All right, Peter. <laughs> Anyways, bye-bye. Bye.